This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Please note the thoughts, opinions, jokes, and every other bad taste that the guest and the host of Hobie, aka the History of Bad Ideas, is of their own, is not associated with any companies they may work for, any firms they work with, any advertisers, or anybody else in general. Remember, it's just a joke. Welcome to the History of Bad Ideas, episode number 206. I was going to say 106. Woo! That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was 100 ago. Uh, I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. I'm Blake. Yay! We got our Blake bot fixed from Dengue Fever. Uh, How are you feeling? It was actually the plague. The plague. It was a virus. You know, the plague. It was a macro virus. The plague affects, affects 15 people a year. Mostly in the mid uh, in the west, uh, in Arizona and New Mexico. Yeah. Only effects or kills? It can kill. It can well, kill. Obviously, it can kill. It's because of <laughs> gophers and groundhogs. Stupid. No, gophers. not groundhogs. Uh, what's the little things that pop up? Uh, prairie dogs. Prairie, prairie dogs. dogs. Thank you. Prairie dogs. They carry it on their back. I'm not kidding. That that was a very interesting thing. Who knew in this day and age? Well, maybe it could have been my uh, old adventuring days to Central Africa or Madagascar. Ooh. I like the way you move it, move it. Yeah. Sorry. No one horrible else gets plague. it. Horrible, horrible plague. I mean, everybody gets it. It's just a terrible, terrible reference. It's a terrible franchise. Yeah. Madagascar. Yes, it is. And that was a, an unfunny part of the best movie. <laughs> That's uh, great. And hopefully in 2018, they're not coming out with a Madagascar 2. Uh, they're up to like four. They've done three five, of them. Seven. Madagascar 5. And the Penguins of Madagascar. That could be on Jason's list. That's at the end of the podcast. That's right. Oh, tease. Yeah. Tease. Ooh, tease. Uh, Blake, I'm glad you're back. You look Me a little too. you look a little beat. I'm a little subdued. Okay. I'm slightly subdued. Did, I'm not hundred percent. Did this really take kick your ass for like a week? I was knocked on my ass for a week. Jesus. I was bedridden from like Sunday through most of Friday. Well you te- you uh, messaged us like I'm gonna try to get there. It's like why? You sound <laughs> you even in your text you sound horrible. Just stay home. Yeah, because no one wants to miss. Nobody no. wants to miss a podcast. That's true. We do you a know. good job. I mean I, I may sound a little phlegmy tonight. Ooh. You know, but uh, other than Sounds that, sexy. you know. 
We do appreciate Andrew for filling in for you last week. Oh, yeah, uh, we how, appreciate was, it. how was Andy? And- <laughs> I think he waits till you're not on before he decides <laughs> to agree. Andrew was great. He was from the Cincinnati Comic Expo, and he did a great job last week. He's the boss man. He is the boss man. He does uh, his expo does sponsor us. And, did he, did uh, he come on and uh, just you know give us all kinds of uh, uh, magna cum laudas? Yes. Yes. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> yes, he did. He said something about coming loud. What? No, no, no. Down the hall. Oh. That's our porn podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's called Down the Hall? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, no, Andrew was on last year. It was great. Uh, if you haven't listened, uh, tune in to episode 205. Uh, we talked a lot of uh, different things about pop culture last week, uh, especially The Good Witch on Hallmark Channel. Really we good show. Way too much about the Good Witch. A lot of plots in those. Lots of plots. So sure. If you haven't listened, pre- uh, go ahead and listen. Uh, we're on iTunes, nerdly.co.uk. Good day, mate. Hello, Vicka. Uh, Danger Monkey. Danger Bound Network. Wanka. Danger Entertainment. Cult. Well, not Danger Entertainment. No, no, no. <laughs> Danger Entertainment. Uh, we be geeks. PC.com. And every uh, Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. Jeff, make sure you put it up this week. Uh, and uh, like I said, for the U.K. fans, we're on nerdly.co.uk. And my movie uh, reviews are up there, too. Uh, I will be doing Star Wars this week. Ooh. Anyone going to see Star Wars Last Jedi this week? Yes. I'm going Thursday. That's exactly why I'm going to miss our awards extravaganza. You're going Sunday? At noon. <sighs> you disappoint me. Uh, it's a big family thing. We got reservations, big tickets. Ooh. Like big tickets, like the ones they give like lottery winners. Yes. Like those tickets, you gotta yep. scan those at the door. Doesn't even fit in the car. I'm gonna say the 90 year old usher that is going to scan yeah. that is going to take a long time. I, he may fall over. I just needed. Well, actually, I I, I wanted uh, electronic tickets. Mm-hmm. I, they don't even fit on my big screen. <laughs> that's I'm how gonna, big they are. That's how big they are. I'm excited about it, Jeff. You excited? Yeah. Okay. I, I can't wait for uh, The Last Jedi. I mean, Empire Strikes Back Part 2. I mean, Last Stop Jedi. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, man. You know they're going to have a super cloud city. Did you, you know? understand that? If, and instead of Dagobah, it's going to be a wet planet. And they're going to have, you know, training montage. Ray training with Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Kylo training with Darth Sidious. Yeah. Everybody needs a montage. Yeah! Kylo's gonna kill the princess! Fuck yeah! Yeah! Kylo's gonna kill the princess. And then Kylo and Ren are gonna fight! Kylo's gonna win the first time around because it's Empire Strikes Back. Part two. Two. Uh, There's supposedly a surprise twist at the end of it. Super Cumulus Cloud City. (laughs) (laughs) And it just ain't Dagobah. It's like Super Wet Dagobah. Ooh, that sounds dirty. That sounds like Down the Hall podcast. (laughs) Uh, There's supposedly a surprise ending. I'm going to say Raise a Man. Is this the crying game again? I'm telling you. (laughs) Surprise ending. Surprise ending. No, they said don't ruin it. So I'm wondering what it is. And let me tell you, if it's what we talked about 80 episodes ago about being reincarnation of Jedi Knights, I may cry. And not in a good way. No. I, I don't know what I'm going to do if that happens. You I, fall I mean, on the yeah. ground, fist pumping your uh, hand in the air. And then I'll be there in two yeah. years for number nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and back. It'll be fine. You know, or whatever a Star Wars story they release next year. Han Solo. So that whole. Solo. Oh, Solo. Solo. A Star mm. Wars story. Uh, 
Yeah. Just exactly. to let you know, uh, a little bit later on in the episode, uh, I had pr- uh, privilege of interviewing uh, director Dom Lenore. And Jeff, you'll be happy when I talk to him. I actually got it right. You pronounced his name right? Yes. Him? And he said, no, everybody does that. So I appreciated that. Uh, let's see. We also had Matt Hookings. Uh, he's the actor uh, in... Winter Ridge. Uh, Tom Lenore is the director of it as well. So they sat down with me this past weekend, and uh, we talked a uh, pretty good time for it. And uh, there are sh- movies coming out uh, in January in the UK. Uh, there's some awesome. UK chaps. Uh, hey, jelly good. Matt Hookings has been uh, the actor has been in uh, several films. He's been in Kingsman. He was played a young Michael Caine. Some people just want to watch the one That's my Michael Caine. Uh, and he's also been in, I can't say the name of it, Maleficent. Maleficent? I came close, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you were pretty darn there. And Edge of Tomorrow. And uh, this is his first lead role, uh, is Winter Ridge. And uh, they were on 365 Flicks podcast, too. And they, Chris and Kev actually uh, set me up with them, uh, with Dom and uh, Matt. So I appreciate that. Um, in the beginning, I actually called Matt Mark because I was just trying to go over my notes, and I screwed that up. So that was Way nice. to go. He's like, yeah. awesome. amateurs here. I did tell them that we are professional amateurs, so we appreciate them coming on to our show. That's right. Um, but, yeah, so they'll be on in a little bit. Uh, yes. And you, uh, I do you... recommend if you guys can hear it. it it's a fun interview with yes. them. Did you talk about uh, the differences of crisps and chips? I did not. I did not. We did talk a little Westworld, though. Ooh. Ooh, now I'm intrigued. See? Now I want to listen. So I do I want was, to think. I wasn't going to listen because you were interviewing them. But if it I was actually, Kevin or Chris, I'd interv- I'd listen. I'll be honest. I, I actually didn't talk much. It was kind of nice. Oh. I just said some questions. They just ran with it. So, so they were good interviews where you didn't have to keep leading them. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. So I appreciate it. All right. So uh, we got that to look forward to. Oh, good. Uh, can we talk one thing? Did anyone watch the highlights of the Buffalo Bills Indianapolis Colts game? No. I've seen uh, highlights of the blizzard storm. Yeah, the did yeah it was yeah. awesome. Did you see it, Jeff, at all? I saw a clip that they showed it was snowing. I watched the highlights online last night from the NFL Network. Mm-hmm. If you haven't had a chance, that is how football should be played. I mean, in wintertime. In wintertime. Off of Lake Erie. The punter for the Colts kicked it and it ended, it came, came down at the two yard line and just stopped. In the like six or feet of snow, it just yeah. stopped. Well, that's a great punt. It was. The announcers were like, "Well, you don't see that every day." It just no. stopped. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the Browns and the Bills played a similar game like that a couple years ago. I think the final score was six to three. <laughs> this one was. It was seven to nothing for a while. The Colts went down the field. They scored a touchdown with a minute left or two minutes left. They went for the two-point conversion, got it, but there was an illegal block on the Colts, so it came back. Vinatieri had to kick a 43-yard field goal or extra point. It was to the right of the upright, completely to the right, and then tails back in to tie it. I saw that. It was like a giant curveball. Yes! (laughs) It was the weirdest kick I've ever seen. And if you watch it, the Buffalo Bills are all jumping up and down because they thought they won because he missed the extra point. Nope, it comes back around. They're like, yeah, ooh. And then, uh, and then the Bills go on to win in overtime anyway. They did because they threw an interception. The Colts had the ball with a minute left mm-hmm. and couldn't score. Or they missed a nu- they missed a field goal, and then the Colts won with the twenty yard thing. But uh, the, the Bills won, right? Bills won. Sorry, McCoy ran it for twenty three yards. Yeah, after getting all the winners wrong last week, yes, I figure we shouldn't do that again this week. Well, the funny part was the Colts did not make a passing play until five minutes left in the second quarter. That was their first pass attempt. Wow. Uh, they did either 19 or 21 straight rushing attempts. 
because you couldn't do anything. I mean, yeah. they were uh, it was four inches an hour coming down in Buffalo, and the fans were awesome. do- were loving it. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I don't know how you could live in Buffalo. I think the Buffalo fans were like, ah, it's a typical Sunday. We're fine. Okay, yeah, it's typical, fine. but no. Nope. I don't know how nope, you drive nope, in that. Nope, nope, you don't. <laughs> well, how do you get to the stadium? Yeah, get a dog sled. I want to see what the prices for Uber were that day, yesterday. <laughs> Probably pretty high. <laughs> Two hundred dollars yeah. one way. You know, now you know for our listeners across the big pond, yes. that's American football we're talking about. Yes. But real quick for European football, I'll just tell you that the Blues beat the Reds. There you go. There you go. They were. I don't know if I like that or not. No. Oh. <laughs> Well, first of all, you have to know who the Blues and the Reds are. They were I'm showing... guessing it's what Arsenal and Chelsea. No, it was quite a derby. Oh. A derby. That's okay. They're lost. I'm folks. lost. We're fine. Blake, that's why you're the UK. That's right. Ambassador. That's why I'm here. Uh, so, um, Blake, did we, did you watch The Walking Dead? Yeah, and I'm pissed. Uh oh. Uh oh. See, that's why you should stop watching it. You know, I can't disappoint you if you don't watch it. I would speed mode for like five minutes here, if that, for the, I, I, the spoilers. I've got some, yeah, all right, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm really pissed off because there's some really stupid decisions that happened in the past couple episodes. Yeah. It just just makes, the last couple it, episodes. It just makes you sit there and go, what the bleepity bleep are you thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's start with... Uh, all right, well, let's start with, if you have a plan, stick to the plan and execute it. My <laughs> biggest fucking complaint about, you know, the whole Walking Dead thing was the whole zombie plan in the first place. Mm-hmm. So you lead the horde there off the interstate circle into the Savior's, you mm-hmm. know, uh, hide, hideaway factory or whatever the hell it's called. And then... Everything's working the way it's supposed to be. Then you know you got a couple of dipshits that think they're more important than the plan. Yes, because Rick's missing. By the way, oh, <laughs> did anybody know where Rick went? He supposedly everybody knew. Supposedly everybody knew, but they didn't care. But they didn't care, obviously, because he went to the whack ass garbage people who sculpt naked in garbage. Uh, can we say that you spent an episode and a half there? Yes. To get them on your side, and then they run away at the first gunfire. Yeah, exactly. Well, because not like photos, and they run. Yeah, I'm and like... The Polaroids that he is taking of, you know, the, the horde outside of the, the Savior's compound. Yeah. And then, out of this whole point, nobody just, nobody takes the time to sit there and go, you know, Rick went to go talk to the garbage people, and he's not back yet. No, instead, they sit there and go, we want to we finish this now. Fuck the plan. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take this truck and we're going to uh, drive it through the zombies and we're going to hit the doors and we're going to let them all in. Sounds like a great plan. I don't think you should do that. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Fuck you. I got to see it myself. Yeah. And then run the, the truck in. Okay. We're done here. Let's go. Have a good day. See you later. It's they, like you just you they gotta did. see that plan through. You their just don't pl- run it through there. You, that's when they're at their most vulnerable is when all the their plan. zombies are in there and all that kind of stuff. And they just run the thing at you. Okay, okay, we're done. Hey, everybody back up. We're out. Okay. That was the plan that every James Bond villain does. Oh. Are you going to watch him die? No, no, yeah. I'm sure he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Those sharks will kill him. He'll be fine. Exactly. Don't worry about it. Why did you put a timer on the laser to split him in half at five minutes? Ah, I don't want to do it right I, away. No, no, just go ahead. Take a gun. Put it up to the no, head. No, no, Boom. No, no, no. no, that's not classy. No, no, no. I'm classy. Uh, I'm classy. 
What stupidity. I mean, I just can't believe the stupidity of the whole thing. I mean, it's just so stupid. Uh, when Maggie comes back, I like Maggie. I like the character of Maggie. I like the actress, too. Hey. Yeah, you like Maggie. So she gets back, and she's like, reinforce the the walls, you know, protect everything, blah, blah, blah. Let's start reinforcing. Why weren't you doing this six Before, weeks ago? When you knew everything was starting. You knew the plan was happening. Fucking reinforce. Exactly. And again, it pisses me off in Alexandria. Build a fucking moat around the place. You have the construction equipment. Build yeah. a fucking... Don't even have to yeah. fill it with water. Just make a giant hole just like, do around. So, just do something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the other thing about that whole zombie plan with them going off on their own and then at the end didn't anybody realize that it was Dwight that was helping them <laughs> they were not bright no I'm like how do you think you had all the I didn't understand that either I was like I understand Dwight at the very end hey you know I'm what I'm like well he's the one that gave you all the yeah. search you know secret posts yes. and watches and everything. I was like oh so somebody was just giving you know Rick was just a genius and came up with this shit and Daryl knew that you he know, was like, yeah exactly and and uh, that's just fucking irritating but at that shit, point I mean. also do you just shoot him because he has no other purpose because he can't go back he can't give you any other info have a good day yeah, bam I can I can I know how he thinks yeah, I yeah. know how Negan thinks and of course you know once again Rick has a chance to kill Negan doesn't do it I can't get it done. I'm going to run away. You know, I got a gun. And, you know, I'm in there. The saviors are in there. I go to my house and I'm like, Carl, Carl, Carl. It was like, who do you think's waiting there for you? Making spaghetti. Asshole, making spaghetti. Fucking Negan. You know, and that, that irritates. And you know, the whole Carl thing, you know, up on the fence, uh, that was kind of like a hard, hard, you know. I like that. Heartwarming moment. And uh, you, you understand where Carl's coming through. It's like, you know, let's remember we're all human beings, the human factor. Kind of deal that tied into him giving is food. Is this who you really want to be? food to the... Yeah, is this really who you want to be? You know, kind mm-hmm. of deal. And then, you know, at the very end... Oh, by the way, Carl's been bit. Yes. Hey, wait a minute. I thought he might have been bit when he was helping Saeed. When he was helping, you know, Saeed there. Saeed. And, you know, the, the zombie was on top of him. Mm-hmm. But it, it didn't look like it was bit. It didn't tear his shirt. That was impressive. It didn't tear his shirt. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it was riding up the shirt. Not or something. You know, whatever. But anyways, it was like one of those twists at the end. You just look at it like after I got pissed off about the zombie plan, Mm -hmm. the incompetence, you know, Rick being held by the garbage people. Nobody giving a shit about what the fuck happened to Rick. Garbage people running away. You know, not sticking to the plan and then leaving after you run ran the gates in. Okay, see you later. We're done. Woo! You know, no. You see it to the end. You know. Time out. Was George W. Bush in charge of that? Operation Mission Accomplished. Mission Accomplished. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. We got 10 years of mop-up duty. <laughs> Down the hall. Oh, shit. You know what they didn't show? What's that? They didn't show Carl getting Carl. busy freaky with the uh, horny chick where the bites were just from their, their steamy sex scenes. Oh, not that's what bites. it was. That would oh, be funny okay. if that's what it came back as. It's just a hickey. Just survive somehow. <laughs> that's right. Well, did you see on Twitter? Well, you probably haven't. But on Facebook and Twitter, Carl's uh, uh, Chandler Riggs, the actor, yeah, he's fine with everything. He uh, basically was telling them that he wasn't going to go to college. He was taking mm-hmm. a year off to do acting all that. Supposedly, the AMC and Scott Kimple, the showrunner, came back and said, we want to give you a three-year contract on AMC for Walking Dead. Yeah. He said, okay. Four days later or five days later, you're getting killed off. 
And they... Hold on. Who did he not sleep with? Well, here's the thing. In Hollywood to get <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. Oh, damn. <laughs> Fuck Kevin Spacey. I'm Kevin Spacey. I like little boys. <laughs> fucking Spacey. I became salacious crumb of Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yes, there you did. go, yeah. Uh, but... Chandler Riggs' dad today uh, today was going off on AMC how Scott Gimple is fucking lying. He's a piece of shit. And I'm like, oh, God, no. Don't be that dad. Don't be that dad. Yeah, yeah. Your son is 18. Don't be that dad. He's <laughs> Let him go. that dad. Yep. Oh, he was earlier. Trust me. Don't go all LeVar Ball on his ass. You fired him five days before his 18th birthday. Okay. <laughs> so what? Welcome uh, to Hollywood. Yeah. It's not really firing in the Hollywood business. And you Your character is the... just not allowed You've back. been on the show for, what, seven and a half years? Count yourself lucky that you were on a hit show for seven and a half years. And in theory, you should never have to work. Yeah, if you are if you didn't blow that money you had, you should be able to set that up in, into trust and... At least never have to be desperate for money again. And you're going to live off the yeah. residuals, too, of that, of the repeats and everything else that they show all the time. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, those 48 cents you get every other... Uh, it doesn't matter. Time. It still adds up. <laughs> if, one, if Tony Schiavone's getting $500 from a fucking ready-to-rumble once a year, I'm sure Chandler's getting right. several thousand. But no, I, I'm okay. I'm okay yeah. with them changing it up. I would have liked it better. I still want Rick to die. Yeah, I like how Eugene's just a fucking asshole. He's an asshole, but he is also mental. He yeah. is... I don't know what he's doing. He's a character I love to hate. Yes. I love his mom. I hate him. I mean, I hate him more than Negan. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you the truth. Negan's trying to survive in the society. He's trying to build something. Whether you like his tactics or not... I yeah, really he wants agree to agree with what he's building. Yeah, exactly. Correct. He's still building a society. In it his may mind, not be a, yeah. It yes. may not be perfect. may not be democratic. But in his mind, he's doing the right thing. Eugene, yeah, I don't think, has anything. Eugene yeah, just Eugene wants to survive. is looking out for himself. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how it works because um, the next, after the all-out war, um, Chandler Riggs' character, uh, Carl, has big parts in the Whisperer's War. Um, and, yep, that's what they do mm-hmm. uh, in the comic books. And the um, next, the... The actual next storyline that comes up is, you know, the future after the all-out war, which I won't say. But he's big in those two. I don't know how you're going to change that. And I'm okay with that if you're going to change some stuff. But, you know, again, I still would be fine if you killed uh, Rick and put uh, Ezekiel in charge. I love Ezekiel. I love that character. I I, I think he's a hell of an actor in that role. And I like his dreadlocks. I think he's pretty cool. Well, can't you just give Daryl everybody's plot points? You could, but it's, it's a lot different because he's a kid in the book, comic books, Carl, so... Well, he's not a kid anymore, so... And I like how Negan and Carl... Like, I think Carl and Negan had a connection because Negan's the only one that's ever treated him like an adult mm-hmm. in that world. And they made a point of it on Talking Dead last night. Everyone has seen Carl grow up, except Negan. So that's how he talks to him as a regular person. He doesn't yeah. talk to him like a kid still. Mm, interesting. See? There you go. So there's your Walking Dead. Okay, while I was bedridden fighting off the plague... Dengue fever? That uh, I probably contracted while I was in this house wearing this D60 hat that your number one fan gave us, which we learned D does not mean 140 or whatever the hell it no, means. No, no, it doesn't. Numerals. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I think he lied to us. Doug? No. No, I, I binge-watched Gotham to get ready for the floppy awards ceremonies we have coming up. 
And uh, I just want to say that um, I'm not as impressed with Gotham anymore as I used to be. <laughs> I am shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked by that. You no, know, I, I started losing interest in it at the ending of you know ending of last season. You know, I like my Batman to be a little bit more angsty. No, not angsty. Angry and angsty. I mean, other than the ability to run, not like a girl. What I'm talking about is, I, I I like to be more grounded in kind of like reality in the like in the real world kind of thing because that's yeah. how I view him. He's he's a rich guy, you know. Well, he eventually becomes a rich guy with a lot of nice toys, but there's no there's nothing supernatural about it, and that's where they've gone. They've gone to the weird supernatural stuff with Ra's al Ghul, with like the Lazarus Waters, and then all of a sudden, you know, Naughty Barbara. Is uh, alive again because you know somehow Raja Ghoul found her, <coughs> put her in the water, Lazarus waters. Like Alfred came back to life, and everybody else came back to life. They killed Alfred. <coughs> uh, spoiler alert! <laughs> they killed Alfred. Yeah. Well, at the end of the last season. Oh, I missed that. I, one. Well, actually, Bruce kills Alfred. But anyway, is that bad, Bruce? No, yeah, it's brain horribly horrible acting and horrible running brainwashed Bruce. Oh, is this the Forrest Gump running? Yes. Forrest Gump Bruce Wayne. Okay, you know. So and then you know the whole Solomon Grundy thing. You know, uh, them coming back to life. Well, Solomon Grundy's. Well, he wasn't actually dead, as you technically find out. He was just you know kind of lobotomized, brain dead. They dumped him off in a you know chemical swamp. Okay. And he comes out, all of a sudden his hand grows back. I mean, we have no idea I what happened. chemical swamps. <laughs> you know, hand grows back and Solomon Grundy and, you know, it's just, you know, it just gets just too damn weird. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, Gordon's got another love interest. He said, this time it's Falcone's daughter. Blah, 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 blah. The Penguin, you know, it's, it's kind of, it keeps its sense of humor, though. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of, like, unionizes crime. He can't commit a crime without a permit. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait a minute. I want to back up a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, the, you said he's dating Falcone's daughter. Yes. Didn't his previous girlfriend get married to Falcone's son? Well, no. Hold on. She went all Morticia. <laughs> She's now Morticia Adams in the uh, fight zone. Doctor. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. Oh, I'm, I'm, but but I, I, I'm, what, I'm, wasn't the, her fiance? Yeah, Falcone's son. So now yeah, I'm lost. You know. So now they're going to be in-laws. I'm not going to give that away. I already, <laughs> trust me, no one's no one's watching. You know, You're fine. All right. <laughs> so ba- basically, what I had is still the worst job you can have in Gotham is in the police department. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm, How I'm many officers have died get, this year. I'm surprised that they can keep people. You know, it's been six hours since Employed. an officer got shot. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, that would be the worst job in the police force. Is to be the one to change the sign every time. No, no, not yeah. the cop that's getting killed every no, week. No no. no, no, just the sign. Change the I sign. Gotta get oh, up no. again. <laughs> you know, I'm just at the top of this ladder. <laughs> you know, you know how in some yeah, you know how in some businesses they have zero, you know, yeah. ten days last accident. They yeah. got their last hour since you know police. GCP well, we're down to 48 kill. minutes. <laughs> Come on, guys. You can do it. It's Christmas. You know. All together. And it just gets to the point where, all right, it started off a little interesting because they bring in the, you know, the scarecrow concept. Mm-hmm. And then it just gets goofy from there. And he's like, whatever. And he just Ow. don't care anymore. But I was so invested and I was sick <laughs> and couldn't do anything else. I just lay on the couch and hit play next episode. <laughs> 
So let me ask you this. Yeah. Is it better than Batman v Superman? I think so. Okay. <laughs> it's still so better than Batman God. versus Superman. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did did Bruce Wayne, did, is there a magical stick that could kill Bruce Wayne that he just throws in the water? I don't need this. I don't need <laughs> no, it. No, but there's a magical knife that killed Ray Zhao Ghoul. Did they just throw it in the water after that? We won't need this anymore. No, he goes on a drinking binge. <laughs> It's got like the walking dead of playing. Don't young Bruce becomes, you know, first of all, the actor that's playing young Bruce is annoying. <laughs> and now <laughs> he becomes Bruce? really annoying, obnoxious David. young Bruce Wayne. It's David. 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 And he becomes, you know, like, you know, complete prick to Alfred and all this other kind of stuff. And you're just like, and yeah, he, he still, he's, he just doesn't have the depth that's needed. He's like, oh, yeah, uh, I, I killed. I know exactly what I, I, don't, I don't know what I want. And then he's, you know, at least they didn't show him running this, you know, this series. <laughs> run, Bruce, run! <laughs> Flailing his arms. So, so, but didn't he, like, put on at least a version of the yeah, it was stupid. suit? Yeah, it was stupid. He's, it's like, 16 stupid. in it. I'm not intimidated by him. No, it, it was ridiculous. Go to your room. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it, and I, I just want to say this, it's, it's, it's it's basically has gone off the deep end. It's jumped the shark, obviously, with the Lazarus water crap. You know what hasn't jumped the shark? Hmm. Jurassic World colon Fallen no. Kingdom. Greatest trailer out there. No. Not only did they jump the shark, they don't do it. Drug the shark on land, beat it with a stick, <laughs> said, Wish you were a horse, and kept beating it and beating it. But and the Mosasaurus comes up and kills it. An old dino shark. What did you? Well, they have dino sharks in the new one with legs and lasers and lasers attached <laughs> to its fucking head. We're on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast, so please follow us. Also on History of Bad Ideas on Facebook. So if you like us, listen to our or uh, like us on Facebook because we have a lot of pop culture news and everything coming out every day. Also, uh, what did you think of the Jurassic World colon Fallen Kingdom trailer? This was our Twitter poll of the week. We always have a poll, many of them actually, but this is our main one this week. Awesome, can't wait. Good, has potential. Average, doesn't excite me. I agree with Doug, number one fan. Terrible. In last place, with 5% of the vote, good, has potential. <laughs> My pick, awesome, can't wait, got 19% of the vote. That's not a good sign. Not, not at all. And I even tagged Chris Pratt in this thing, so I don't think he's coming on our show now. <laughs> 43% to 33 Doesn't matter at this point. One. <laughs> I agree with Doug. Terrible beat uh, average. Now. So terrible beat even now, average many, doesn't excite me. How many bad movie ideas can they keep coming up with Jurassic well, Park? Well, the, there's a couple things. How the many? volcano blows up. Here's the good news. I mean, it's Jurassic Park of the Caribbean. Every, oh, that would be cool. <laughs> I mean, they both had like six movies each, right? <laughs> no. I mean, like the, the dinosaurs are attacking, and then you see uh, Deadman's chest. Jack, Jack, Jack Sparrow come across. All I see is Transformers Rex with the long hair and the pirate hat on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might as well. Uh, the good news is the trailer was not. I will take my rose colored glasses have an Elsa off. Elsa short in the middle? <laughs> no, it didn't. No, I'm just didn't. asking. The good news is the trailer did not leave me too excited, but I still love Jurassic World. Anyways. It didn't leave me too excited, but the good news is it only showed the first 45 minutes of the show. Like, anything from that clip was was 45 minutes. There was was a pterodactyl, you're right. But it was only the first 45 minutes. So that's the good news. Then I started looking online this weekend. Velociraptors in it? Yes. Of course, there's always Velociraptors. And then Dono Raptor. And then Dono Raptor. They've hybrided it. 
So the, well, yeah, because that worked so well last well, time. Well, now they're was trying the, to sell them. That's was the, that the Disco Donna Summer? No, 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 no. <laughs> Staying up. Disco Donna Staying Summer. Disco Duck. Disco Duck. Anyways, yeah, yeah, Donna Summer didn't sing Staying Alive. That was the Bee Gees. I don't know the music. <laughs> Put it in the movie anyways. <laughs> so I did some research this weekend, and I actually found out what some of the plot is about. The outline. Dinosaurs I, 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 oh, I can, yeah, in the park. Dinosaurs it gets out of control, and it and kills people, and they try to stop it. I can't talk about this with Are you. Are there velociraptors? <laughs> Fuck y'all. And a T-Rex. Like, let's, let's, let's knock the car feedback. over. Like, let's listen to a car, and they drive real fast, trying to outrun a T-Rex. What's the, uh... Is there any electric fence? What's the, uh... Don't pee on the electric don't fence. Don't lose on the electric fence. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad you had dengue fever. Anyways, what's the listener feedback? If you'd oh, like to send it to feedback. us, Bad Ideas Podcast and the History of Bad Ideas and HobiePod at gmail.com. Go ahead. Did you give the Twitter account out? Bad Ideas Podcast on Twitter. At Bad Ideas Podcast. Yep. Awesome. So follow us. Or and if you like a, us, yeah. write a review on iTunes. We appreciate it. And tell a friend. And Amen. then apologize. apologize and write another review. That's right. All right. This week's listener feedback. Dun, 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 dun. Brought to you by the uh, Seattle Seahawks Good Sportsmanship Foundation. Because you're just a good athlete doesn't mean you're a good person. <laughs> Starting off, Doug. A-Pants. I'm formerly known as. Currently known as A-Pants. He says, I know what I'm getting Jeff and Blake for Christmas. Who's afraid of the Song of the South and other forbidden Disney stories? Is now a book on Amazon. I would Ooh. like to read that story. Is this a social justice warrior attack on the Song of the South? I don't think I no everybody I can attack Song of the South, okay? I you actually don't, don't think it is though. I think it's probably just going to take it from a historical perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh which should not have been made. Well, the best part is I I like the people that were defending Song of the South on Amazon because I looked at the reviews and yeah. there's people that were talking and they're like, "Well, Song of the South, he actually was a happy plantation. He was happy to be on the plantation." Oh, ma'am, you lost the battle. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop. I don't know. He was happy to not be a slave. Well, yes, but (laughs) would you like to go into that hell or this hell? Uh, Do I have a choice? It doesn't matter. But yes, when you ever start a defense of an issue as, well, he's happy to be there. Nope, we're done. You're done. (laughs) Stop it. I can't wait for that. Now I want to see this because... It's a book. It's a book, Jeff. It's a no, book. I want to see the movie, Song of the South. I've never, never actually seen watched it. I probably haven't seen it since I was it? a child. I saw the, the Br'er Rabbit short from it, but that's about it. Oh, God. Br'er Bear and Br'er Rabbit. And Br'er Fox. I thought they were a happy bunch. That's all I remember when I was a, it was a horrible, child when I saw the movie. Cartoon. Horrible show. Hated it. Yeah. Moving so much on. for context. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Kevin at 365 Flicks Podcast. That's for our wankers across the pond who follow European football, not American football. What's that? And they really hate it when you call it European football. (laughs) That's really for the American listeners, not for them. Uh, What is your best dad joke? Uh, A ham sandwich walks into a bar and orders a beer. Bartender says, sorry, we don't serve food here. Ah. Uh... Baby Seal walks into a club. 
I don't get it. <laughs> uh, most of mine are funny. I'm told they're not funny anymore from my That's S- what makes SJW college students. <laughs> Why did the Clydesdale give the pony a glass of water? Because he was a little horse. I don't know why it has to be a Clydesdale doing it. I don't know. How do you make a Kleenex dance? Put a, a little, little boogie in it. In it. <laughs> Those aren't even dad jokes. Those were the stupid jokes that came out in the books in the 70s. Two peanuts before. were walking down the street. One was assaulted. That's funny. <laughs> Get it salted. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, why the long face? Sarah Jessica Parker says, what are you talking about? <laughs> And on that note, we're going to move on to Amy Whalen. <laughs> Following bad dad jokes. <laughs> All right, what is your favorite slash least liked adaptation of a book into a movie? Now, this question leads me to think that it has to be my favorite, but yet least liked. I, th- I think the two, a favorite and a least So favorite. she should have said, what is your favorite and Least liked adaptation. Sure. Or it could have been and slash or. And or. Yes. And pretend the slash means and or. Okay. Um, well, obviously, I think my first one, I can't wait to come to the big screen, is Hillary Rodden Clinton's, you know, What Happened. I think we played yeah. that out in reality. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, 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 think actually, I think you actually have to see the movie before you can pick it. Oh, okay. No, I've, I've seen the ending of this. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We're all screwed in the end no matter what. <laughs> yes. Douche sandwich or giant turd or douche sandwich or whatever it was. Shit burger or giant yeah, I, I like that much better. Okay, thank you. Giant <laughs> uh, turd or douche sandwich. Uh, I did like uh, Dry White Season. Uh, I was Is that not... about toast? No, it's about apartheid in Africa. Thank you very oh. much. <laughs> One of my favorite books. Uh, not that great of a movie because it was made in, I think, the early 80s. Just wasn't very well done. So you're uh, saying that was one of your least liked adaptations? So are you going to say, movie, yeah. are you gonna yeah, say you're, okay. you're not going to play Sun City? Ah, ah, I'm not going to play, play Sun City. City. <laughs> I also did not. I love the uh, Fahrenheit 451 book. The movie was not good. I never saw the movie. The movie was not good. It'd be a hard one to. Well, actually, we're living in it now, so <laughs> that's right. You don't need that's right. So, so we're talking about least uh, liked uh, adaptations. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> James Bond's uh, book Moonraker. Was that a good book? It was a good book. Really? The movie was a piece None of, of crap. Movies... It didn't even. F- oh my Follow God. the plot. I'm not. None I... of the movies really. None well, of the movies on the James Bond books. They're all. I didn't know he made Moonraker like as a book. It's just, just oh, the, yeah. it's just huh. the title, name of the characters, and a vague resemblance to the plot. It's like Lord of the Rings. No, <laughs> actually, Lord of the Rings is my favorite because you you could you could have come up against a complete wall of haters. You know, Peter Jackson releasing that movie as a big gamble because of the you know millions of fans of Tolkien having in their minds what that book looks like. Mm. Fortunately, he nailed it. The good news is Amazon paid $230 million for the rights to Lord of the Rings on, for their show, their network. The bad news is they only have $6,000 for the rest of the series. So uh, it's going to be really bad. It's like a community play. So they could be popsicle pencil sketches. Sticks. <laughs> pencil sketches. Popsicle stick dummies. Or and then they walked. <laughs> we got 18 more seasons of this. And they kept walking. <laughs> 
And they walk some more. Look, a tree. They just take a picture of a forest. There's the trees. Hello, kitties. Very nice. So Tom Bombadil, you think you think he's like Kevin Spacey could play him? Oh my gosh, Tom Bombadil! Come on, you children-looking uh, people, come into my tree! <laughs> Hi thing, guys! It's a good thing we're all boy hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> who's that archer? <laughs> Get her away! Oh, what do you mean? Who's that? Jeez, oh Pete! Well, one of my Legolas favorites. is a male. Oh, was it? I didn't know. I think he was referring to from The Hobbit, uh, Evangeline Lilly's character. She wasn't even in the fucking book. I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Okay, maybe he wasn't referring to. I talking about it. Legolas. Yeah, hold on a sec. My favorite could be <laughs> Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. My least favorite could be Peter Jackson's, Peter Jackson's The Hobbit. The Hobbit. <laughs> I can see that. Actually, I'm liking that more and more now. That I, those are my answers. Well, I'll say my favorite. I have to go with the classic uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Great classic book, great classic movie. Did it justice. Yeah. Okay. Fifty Shades of Grey is my favorite book, favorite movie. Yeah, I know that's not true. No. There you no, go. No. Mm. What else we got? All right. Uh, from Sean at Pittsburgh Nerd. When you watch Riverdale, do you feel the need to dress like a 14-year-old girl, too? Don't ask me what I do on Thursday nights. Does, uh, well, I'm curious. Does that mean Sean has the need to dress like a 14-year-old girl? Night. I forget what And I mean. is asking if you also do? Is that what he's asking? Well, he's asking no, he's not asking me. He's asking if well, Jason does. Well, yeah, the person who watches yes. it. Riverdale's but, but, beautiful. But but he's admitting that he dresses like a 14-year-old girl when he watches it. Is that what I'm You know what? If that's what gets you into this? character for Riverdale, I'm fine with that. I'm just curious because yeah, not there's not that there's anything wrong with that. No, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Anyways, keep moving on, Sean. That's a great show. Besides, <laughs> geek knows it. All right, from uh, the Pop Culture Cafe. Mm-hmm. How many people will bitch that after seeing the Last Jedi, that it is the same as Empire? Two. Two. Now, hold people on, will bitch. Was one of them by this table. Hold on a second. Was he talking about Empire, the TV show? Yes, it's yeah. going to be exactly really? like that. Oh, my God. When did this music, music mogul thing come into the play? Ba-dum-bum. From the cantina? <laughs> Is Terrence Howard going to get fired from another franchise? <laughs> oh, he meant Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, and then uh, next one we got from... Uh, Besotted Geek? Besotted Geek? Yeah. Said everyone complain about Apocalypse being too purple now? Thanos isn't purple enough? Why is purple such a perplexing pigment? Why is it a perplexing pigment, Jeff? I don't know. Everybody's bitching about uh, Apocalypse being too... Too purple? Yeah, too grape. Thanos comes out and he's not purple enough. The problem is, now everybody's putting the face of Thanos on everything as memes. Yeah. And I saw the one where he's on uh, the um, pawn shop, Pawn Stars. He's the main guy. And he has has his shirt on. And now I can't get that out of my head. Every time I see the trailer, I'm like, son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs) He's like at the Infinity Gauntlet. He's like, best I can do is $25. (laughs) (laughs) And he's got the shirt on everything. I was like, son of a you have now taken this character not to mean anything. Damn it. You know, you should trademark, you know, purple, such a perplexing pigment. TM. TM. Alliter- yeah, alliteration there. Great stuff. 
Uh, I did see another funny meme today. There was or a little thing online. It was a snowman, and it was snowing in front of him. And he's like, it's raining my flesh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. Not good. What else we got with Dev? Oh, uh, yeah, we got from Dev. Mm-hmm. Big Dev from uh, Michiganadia. Oh. He says, uh... With the L.A. premiere reviews of Last Jedi calling it one of the greatest movies ever made, do you think that it might convince me that it is anything other than an Empire Strikes Back rehash? There's your two people complaining, Blake and Dev. I, I don't think it'll be able to convince you because once you get it in your mind, you're not going to change. I, I Maybe Dev will. I don't think Blake will. Snooki's going to be the awesome in it. I love Snooki. She's going to yeah, take off yeah, her yeah, robe. You, you keep making that joke, and I'm getting tired of you making it Snooki It is Snooki. Snooki, Snooki, That's just because you hated the Jersey Shore. Oh, I despise the Jersey Shore. She's got like two you, kids now. I mean, we... we oh, no, that's right. We are changing because he looks like Hugh Hefner now. That is true after last week. Because who looks like Hugh Hefner? Snook. Oh. Snook does look like Hugh Hefner. He has a bathrobe on in the previews. Snook Daddy. Snook. I wouldn't know because I refuse to watch the previews. I've seen the two. Uh, every time it's on TV, I switch. No, I can't see it. No. But Does no, that but, answer Dev's question? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, exactly. It's just going to be, you know, they're going to have gonna be awesome. a Shut super up. star destroyer. Shut whatever. up. Shut up. Super cumulus cloud city. We do have a listener review. Listener, listener review from Pam Morris. She says, uh, I'm almost done with Inhumans. I agree. It's crap. It had promise, but was so poorly executed. Even Maximus was bad acting, and I loved him in Game of Thrones as Ramsey. 100% spot on. Was it cool when he used his voice? No. Wasn't? He only did it, like, twice. Well, no, but at the end when he did it. No. Okay. I mean, it, he... Did he have a cool uniform costume? No, they really didn't have... Ugh. Any costume they had... It didn't look like were... this, the little Funko guy? They kind of gave him a jacket that kind of looked like that. And oh. Yeah, no, it didn't. Huh. And, and he didn't have, like, the, the hood or anything like that. So Great. Yeah. Wonderful. Hmm. Huh. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Marvel. All right. For any humans. Great. Yeah. Well, I'll put it this way. I suppose it's better that they didn't do the movie if that was the, the if the movie was going to be anything like the television. Supposedly, show. Vin Diesel was pushing hard to be Black Lightning. That would have been interesting. Black I would have Lightning's been a... not in it. Black Bolt. Black Bolt. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Not Black Lightning. That's the TV show on CW. Yes. Okay. What else we got, Blake? Wrap it up. Uh, then from uh, Professor Number One, a Doctor Number One mm-hmm. says, uh, "What do you think of the Watchmen being in stories with the regular DC heroes?" Don't like it. Okay. Why? Uh, it's nope, kind nope, of its own like universe, it. where the things that happen in the history of the Watchmen universe would are completely different than what happened in any other DC storyline. All the bad things that happened wouldn't happen if Superman was around to save the day all the time. They that means Superman would have had to have followed the Registration Act or all those other things that made superheroing illegal. I mean, it just. It, it conflicting uh, backstories that and it confuses me with alternate history. Well, it was definitely an alternate history. That's mainly because they didn't want to insult Ronald Reagan while he was president. <laughs> so they made it Richard Nixon. They did. Uh, I'm okay with it, I guess. Um, I don't know. Why not? It's just going to be t- written out anyways because Bendis has taken over. So he's going to take over DC Universe and probably rewrite everything. Which, at this point, who knows? Well, you see all the changes they're making about the DC universe. They're, you know, not really fixing it. They're just shit-canning people and moving things around. Well, that's the film. 
And they're doing the same thing in the DC comics. <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Because there's no there's no overlining there's no there's no overbearing vision of what to do and where to take it. At this point they need to use Flashpoint as a reboot and just be done with it. And get rid of And come in and put make a great Wonder Woman series and as your basis for your Yes. Like Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins do everything. And, uh, oh, I thought, I thought you were talking about the more, comics. The more well, that could work, too. <laughs> the more scantily clad Amazons. Uh, yeah. Does Wonder Woman have a sister we can give her? Uh, uh, yeah. Wonder Girl. Yeah, I'd bring her uh, into girl, but, uh, Could she be, like, uh, borderline illegal? Could she be a stripper? <laughs> um, I'm not saying Harvey Weinstein's funding this, but uh, <laughs> he's funding it. <laughs> I can't do any voices because I'm still a little sick. Never stopped me before. I, can't do I know. It never stopped you. Yeah, actually, Jason's impersonation's got better when he was sick. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so that is your uh, listener feedback. Uh, this is our interview with uh, Dom Lenore and Matt. So let's uh, hookings, that would be. So uh, enjoy and uh, thanks. Now, you guys are um, making a film called Winter Ridge. You actually guys are completed with it, correct? Are you in the editing bay now? No, we're, we're past the editing. We've got a completed film. So um, it's all very exciting uh, to get that post out of the way and, uh, you know, getting some sort of really good feedback from uh, a few select people that we've shown. <laughs> good. We just, just delivered. Uh, we just finished the delivery, uh, the final delivery this week, actually. So, um We've uh, yeah, we've got a few exciting things happening with the film already. We've got um, a deal in place in China, which is great. Uh, sales agent on board, and we've got quite a few things coming up next year for it. So, and then um, is it going to be really? It's being released in the UK in January, correct? Yeah, early next year we should have a um, you know various releases sort of going out around the world. It's okay, all kind of staggered, um, just in different territories. But um, yeah, it's looking good for that. Okay. Yeah, we've got the release. The release in the UK will probably be closer to February, but um, we may actually have a a, a, a sneak uh, preview for a, a release happening in um, in the US at some point. So, um, oh great! So that how that develops. Yeah, very um, excited about getting the American audiences behind the you know the film because we've kind of developed it for a you know with that kind of aesthetic in in mind, and uh, yeah, I think I think the uh, the audiences might dig it. Yeah, and I saw you uh, let me see the trailer for it, and um, I'll get I'll let you guys describe it a little bit better than I can. But it is really well done. It's beautifully shot, um, and I think it's funny because like anytime you watch anything uh, from the UK or anything like that, your scenery is great. You don't get that as much in the US uh, with the rolling hills and that, and it's beautifully shot. I, I enjoyed the trailer. Um, can you tell us what Winter Ridge is about? Just kind of give a synopsis of it. It is a detective thriller about a, a guy whose wife gets into an accident um, at the start of the film. And he goes on a journey of grief, um, kind of in self-discovery of himself, as he starts to uncover a series of crimes that are taking place to do with the elderly. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a twin uh, you know, narrative to do with like a detective thriller and uh, a, a guy who's like trying to do what's best for you know, what's, what's happening around him. And the killers uh, targeting elderly people. Um, how did you guys come up with that little twist on it? You don't see that often. It's usually the killers always going after, you know, 20 year olds and <laughs> millennials and that. So how did you come up with that little twist? 
Well, that kind of came from the writer. Um, originally, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's to do with kind of Alzheimer's and, and dementia and kind of the degenerative diseases. Mm-hmm. And it kind of comes down to that kind of theme. Um, and we wanted to kind of touch on something that was a bit more uh, thoughtful than just, you know, a guy who's just being, you know, just a killer on the loose or, you know, that kind of vibe. Not yeah, the, the the sort of um, it's almost like the you know the killer tries to justify why why he's going on this hunt. Um, so it's yeah, it's kind of a. I think that's what that's the first thing that obviously interested me was the was the interesting take on this, and um, obviously you know the idea of loneliness and elderly is quite is quite um, it's quite topical in the news and stuff. So um, and we didn't see much that had been done um, that related to this. Uh, so it's quite interesting to, to, to tackle those themes and and go ahead and the the, the location you mentioned I think that um, you know that was a big big selling point for me um, mm-hmm. Dom Dom took me down to the location and said you know Matt just come come down and see it see what you think and it was just it was amazing I mean you know it reminded us of like um, you know somewhere in Switzerland or Canada it's got that very uh, you know sort of um, atmospheric yeah atmospheric feel mm-hmm. to it. it had you know foreboding rivers and different stuff so it's very very different to <laughs> to what the sort of uh, the stereotype of the UK is, um, and that's the kind of direction that you know Dom wanted to go in, which was which was what attracted people to the film because it you know it's a it's a British film, but it has a very um, you know like I said an international kind of feel to it that that you know could could be set almost anywhere. It came across, um, and I hate to do this because a lot of people Americans always go to this show, but it seemed very broad church like the way it was shot in that. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen that, the, um, the murder uh, one, I mean, <clears throat> it, it, the detective, uh, show, it came over on the America on BBC and it is one of my favorite detective shows of all time. That first season was amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, Broadchurch is obviously very popular and, um, it's, I think it's a fine line because obviously it, it is, you know, we've made a feature film, not, not a, a TV, um, series, sure. but you know, obviously TV is so so high quality now and like you said you know Broadchurch things like Denton Abbey Game of Thrones you know they're all they're all super popular and they're, and they're being made very well so I think that it's 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 finding that fine line where people take out the positives and, and think yeah. oh yeah that you know there's elements of that that you know that relate to Broadchurch and things like that but obviously keeping it uh, we, we've kept it very cinematic as well and, and kept it sort yeah of, um, I mean I mean Broadchurch kind of has a kind of a coastal setting it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot to do with the characters and the drama. So that's definitely an element that we brought through because there's, there is some very strong sort of characters and, uh, you know, emotional sort of themes coming through. But then something that we've kind of gone outside of that broad church and like that was a big influence for us is kind of getting that kind of prisoners, insomnia, Wind River, kind of mm. epic. We're in a remote landscape. We've got action going on. We've got, you know, a big orchestral score. We've got like big shadows and, uh, you know, impressive lighting. So all that kind of stuff kind of brings up out of the TV world into something like much bigger. Yeah, yeah, just just from the trailer, and no offense to Broadchurch, like I said, it's one of my favorite detective shows, but uh, you definitely had more action in your trailer than Broadchurch did in the whole first season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of action. I mean, you know, we pulled in a lot of favors as well, and like just like Don was just talking about then, you know, we, we our sound designer is, um, is Glenn Fremantle, who... Uh, you know, he he won an Oscar for Gravity. He's done all of mm-hmm. Danny Boyle's films. So you know, we've got that epic um, soundscape. Yeah, soundscape that kind of fills the atmosphere and fill, fills the location. And the same, you know, we had a, we had a fantastic uh, cinematic composer that that really uh, any, any elements that we thought were sort of 
you know, sitting around, uh, you know, high end TV, we brought them out and, and took them to a different direction using, using the music, using the sound, using the grade. Um, so it's quite interesting. And, you know, th- th- there is a lot of action in the trailer. I think that, um, the action is quite nicely paced. You know, there's, there's, there's a big sort of moment at the beginning. Um, and then it's, it's paced, paced out through the middle and, and obviously the end. Um, so it's um yeah it, it's structured quite well and it you know the film seems to be getting a lot of attention which is great um and obviously we haven't we haven't even released the trailer yet so it's uh it's quite interesting that um you know we've been having such such good response already um yeah i i enjoyed it a lot um and like i said i've watched it several times and i thought it was very well done uh now matt you not only are in it you're the lead uh you're also um did you how did you uh, come into this film like how did you um, feel like this is how you wanted to, to portray your character, your main character. Um, so, I mean, Dom, so Dom first, uh, Dom, me and Dom, uh, go back about five or six years mm-hmm. and he directed the first film that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, I started writing about five or six years ago and, um, he, he jumped on board and directed the first film that, uh, we did together, which, um, which yeah, a couple of years ago now. So, um, he brought me the project, um, you know, said he thought I'd be great for the for the part and stuff, and and obviously uh, there was other aspects that I could bring in place in terms of the producing because I run my own production company as well. So um, it was it was kind of a win win, and then obviously we sat down and, and delved a little bit further into this character, and like like he said, we looked at things like prisoners and you know um, Casey Affleck's character in Manchester by the Sea, just to try and tap into a you know quite sort of um, internal emotions within a character and 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 several things that's going on because my character is has, as Dom says his wife's in a car accident very early on and then he's fighting to try and find out what's going on with this case and you know it's back and forth so there's, there's a lot of things going on in his mind and that changes and develops and has an arc to it throughout the film so obviously you know as an actor that that's a that's a you know it's a, it's a great role to play um and I, you know the research I did I kind of watch a lot of you know documentaries and and you know a few few film references uh but every, every night we'd finish i'd go and watch uh, like a true crime mm-hmm. detective story because i think part of the thing was you know we we never rested on the shoot and that that seems to be the mindset of these detectives and people that get into these <clears> things they they don't rest or don't your you mind's know, don't, always on it yeah, yeah you, you don't really sleep until until it's solved or to, until at least you're settled. So, you know, it was, it was quite challenging because of the, because I was involved in the elements of the producing and, you know, we had a very tight schedule and budget. Um, but you know, in hindsight, it kind of brought out quite yeah, a, dramatic it, moments. And it, it was, uh, it was very rewarding actually working together on it because, um, you know, there were certain elements like the detective investigation that Matt did a lot of his own research. And there was a lot of ideas that we kind of worked on together and like really developed a character, you know, mostly kind of towards the grief side of things uh, and sort of bringing out the drama. So there was a kind of like a, a very, like a very three dimensional character that we kind of worked on together. And I think that's why, like, you know, as a lead, he sort of carries the film quite successfully because, uh, you know, we, we put such a lot of time into that mm-hmm. process. <clears throat> And Matt, if you were watching two uh, true crime documentaries and that, I've gone down that rabbit hole, never for acting, but just for it. How uh, awful is that, that you just keep watching more and more of them because you get hooked on them so easily (laughs) and just people tick. It's crazy. I mean, the good thing, the the good news is I've I've always been a fan Um, Mm. before I wanted to act. I I was kind of 
wanted to delve into forensic science. So I used to watch these a lot. Um, but it does, I mean, my brain was absolutely fried by the end of the day. You know, we'd get up at six o'clock in the morning, get home at 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to then to then watch one, I was watching one from like 10 till midnight or 1am and then back up at six. So yeah, it was, I mean, it was interesting and it is, you know, every case is different. You know, a lot, I was watching a lot of the extreme stuff. So um, it just, yeah, my mind never rested basically. And it was, <laughs> it was quite a... Uh, quite crazy. But, and I, um, I've talked about it on the podcast before. Like I said, my big thing is, um, is missing uh, cases, how people just vanish. And you're right. Like you, like I said, I mean, you go down a rabbit hole and after a while your, your brain is fried from it, it, you know? And like I said, this is just for my, you know, personal life. I'm just like looking at it just to, you know, the mystery of it. And I, I couldn't even imagine doing that after acting all day and doing that shooting and that, and then coming home and doing it. I mean, it is draining for you. So yeah, I I think the mystery side of it is great. And the, the cases that come back up mm-hmm. 30, 40 years later or whatever. And it's like, wow, it's, you know, it's redigging everything. And then they find out new stuff. And I think that part of the story we're into Ridge is that there is an, there is an underlying factor that this has been going on, a long time so um though we jump into it quite new and quite fresh by the end of the story you think oh god they've been doing that for 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 a long time so um it's 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 hard without giving too much away about the film because there's an element of the film that is you know uh it'll kind of explain exactly what what i'm referring to but it's we 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 can't really give that away because it's the main sort of um the main yeah, main hook. Yeah, main have, you, have you seen um, Have you seen the killing, like the US version? Because like that was yes. that was really interesting to do with like, I mean, you know, it takes two series to find out what really happened uh, to this girl. And, like, I found the the drama surrounding the community and like, you know, what happened around how this could possibly occur. And, and you know, because obviously you, you see someone go missing, and it could be a hundred reasons. But I found that kind of really interesting, and that was kind of um, you know it had an influence on the drama elements of this as well. Yeah, and that's the killing is one of those that it gets into your mindset that the killer is actually secondary. You know, obviously yeah. you want to solve the mystery the in that. Yeah. But the community is the biggest thing and how everybody interacts. Um, mm. And I and in America, I'm not sure how it was. Um, you know, it was funny because they never s- said who did the killing, who was the murderer at the end of the first season. And the backlash over in America was yeah. like <laughs> – <laughs> extraordinary i've never saw it i thought you know they they killed han solo again it was yeah. unbelievable <laughs> yeah um, there was there was there was a lot of um there was a lot of kind of backlash over that and, and divided opinions but to me like the, the the whole reason that second season had like such emotional weight was because you'd waited so long and you'd seen like for such a, a, a big period of time like what it had done to everyone um, and, and actually, like, I think I, I don't think it would have been the same had it finished on the first season. Uh, so I, I actually I, I'm actually like a, a strong advocate of what they did with that series, um, you know, with that. That that was one of the shows that after you get done watching, you, you have to turn on like cartoons or something just to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Dom, um, you've done obviously this is not the first uh, movie that you've been involved in in that. Can you tell us um, how you kind of got to this point uh, with Winter Ridge, like some of your earlier stuff and uh, just how you got into film in general? Um, well, I mean, I guess I started off. Uh, I mean, I was a big fan of kind of films growing up, mm-hmm. uh, books. You know, I always had quite an imagination. So it kind of started off um, with that, like big things like sort of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, 
um, kind of inspired me when I was younger. Uh, then I kind of moved more into, you know, I started doing a bit of my own filmmaking, sort of skate videos, that kind of thing. Uh, started doing thrillers at university, um, more long form films. And it just kind of, it just kind of fell into it because it was something I was so passionate about and uh, stories and people just uh, always kind of called to me. Um, so, I, you know, I made sort of longer form stuff and then I started making sort of higher production shorts. Uh, it did a couple of international kind of shorts uh, and obviously the, the first film that Matt, Matt and I worked together on. And um, by the time well, we... In the States, actually, isn't it? Yeah, and by the time, um, yeah, we had a we had a really good festival run with that actually, and it got got into a festival in like Hollywood, Florida, mm-hmm. um, which it won uh, an accolade award for, which was which was really good. Um, but it kind of just been a it's been a bit by bit process really, just making sort of bigger and bigger projects. Uh, I've never sort of believed in compromising or saying no, you can't do this because we don't have the budget or we don't have the, uh, you know, we can't go to this place or the time or you know the crew. So um, by the time we got to Winter Ridge, it just felt like the natural progression to make a feature at this kind of level um, after the kind of, you know, shorts and quality of stuff that we were trying to put out before then. Who were your uh, who were some of your the directors that influenced you growing up? Um, Well, I guess people like James Cameron were sort of early on, Mm -hmm. Um, obviously sort of George Lucas with the whole Star Wars thing, like the earlier ones. as I, as I actually, the thing that, that actually got me into directing rather than sort of filmmaking was Clint Eastwood. And I remember I was at uni and I watched uh, Mystic River. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first film where I was like really inspired by what a director had done with his choices. Uh, I thought it was a very powerful film. And, and again, it was kind of a, going back to crime, it's kind of a crime that has a, a, a real kind of sentimental uh, edge with just how it's how it's affected a family and and actually there was a much darker sort of deeper grittier theme uh, at the core of it with uh, these guys childhoods which uh, which really kind of grabbed me and um, yeah I mean he, he obviously had an amazing run with that Gran Torino Million Dollar Baby which is one of my favorite films and um, just that, that kind of uh, as a direction uh, style really sort of uh, got me got me into wanting to do, actually direct mm-hmm um, you just said Million Dollar Baby is one of my favorite. Uh, why is yeah, that? Yeah. Um, I think it's just such a it's such an honest, honest story. Um, you know, it's kind of a rags to riches tale. It's it's inspiring. It's got hope. Uh, it's kind of changing people that have become stuck in their ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's heartbreaking as well. It's just it's just kind of got everything that I think is is uh, is good in a film. It's it's got it's got drama. You can relate to people. Um, and it makes you think, um, and it's inspiring as well. And those are the kind of things that I want to create in my work. Uh, Matt, who did uh, who influenced you growing up? Um, I think I'm a little bit, probably a little bit different. I think um, my my influences are a lot, lot um, a lot sort of way back to sort of the 1940s, 1950s. Um, mm-hmm. Big fan of you know Humphrey Bogart, James Cagney, uh, Paul Newman, Marlon Brando, those kind of guys in their in their early films. So. Um, a lot of film noir, a lot of, um, I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, the third man, Orson Welles, stuff like that, because I think that I studied, I studied drama and film at university and, mm. um, a lot of the modern day films, not, not all of them do this, but you know, there's this, there's this reliance on budget or post or visual effects and all this kind of stuff. And those, those characters and those actors back in the day, obviously the system was different, but 
you know, they didn't rely on any of that. They, they, they the stories to me were more, uh, more powerful, I think, and more, and the characters were more sort of defined because that's all they had. They had to get that right. They couldn't go, Oh, well, don't worry. We'll, we'll put some visual effects in or mm-hmm. we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that, you know, come from that kind of, that kind of route. Um, and then, you know, I still, still really like, you know, still big fans of, uh, you know, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, those kind of guys as well. Um, mm-hmm. the, some of the films that they've done are absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, def- definitely Humphrey Bogart, even, even James Dean, Rebel, Rebel Without Cause, um, you know, on the warfront, those kind of films, um, big influences in terms of, uh, how I like to sort of approach projects, I suppose. And you've kind of, uh, Matt, you kind of, um, uh, touched on this a little bit, but you, you've been in big budget films from Kingsman, uh, to Edge of Tomorrow to anything like that. But how, what is the difference between the bigger budgets and I don't want to say small budget, but you know, like the not as big budget, I guess you could say, uh, what is the big thing about it and which one do you prefer? Well, I think that, you know, the first thing, um, that's clear is I, you know, I played a first thing that was different. I played a much smaller part in, mm. in the big budget films than, than I do, than I have done in something like winter Ridge. So, um, you know, your influence is a lot less, you know, some of the days I'd, I would, I would turn up and, and, you know, the, the whole system's in place and they, they've, you know, they've been shooting for 20, 30 days. So you, you do, you know, you do your thing and then you, you're off home. So, I mean, the, that's kind of what inspired me to set up my own production company because you do, you know, you step onto these, you know, hundred million dollar sets and, you actually go well. Wait, there's, there's not. You know, they're still making the same mistakes that maybe you yeah. make on a on a smaller budget, or, or you know, the acting's not mind blowing, or this or that. And it's not to say that, that those, you know, those films you mentioned were like that because some of them sure. were really great. You just, you just pick out these little moments. You think actually, well, you know, that that could be something that. Um, you know, that I could do or, or that we could do. And it kind of, it kind of, um, it kind of inspires you in a way because you think, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter about the money. You know, you can, as long as you put your passion and creativity into the art, you can still bring out uh, really great results. Um, so, I mean, obviously the, you know, the learning experience and being around some really high professionals, um, you know, people like Tom Cruise and, and like you mentioned, like Kingsman and Maleficent, it was, it was, it was really sort of, a, uh, admirable to watch, Mm-hmm. Uh, learn from it but i think that you know the i don't know i quite like it the, the independent stuff because it's you just everyone's there for the for like the th- like thriving off the passion and, and making the best job sometimes the biggest budget stuff can get, get can fall into that system of uh, that mercenary kind of vibe yeah people aren't people aren't necessarily there because like they truly believe in your project um which you know sometimes it, it has to be on, on indie stuff because you know you have the same kind of resources and people do come to you because of the, the quality of your work, and that is what sells it. Um, and then that's, that obviously reflects in the results, and that's why you, you get some like absolutely incredible sort of indies. Um, let, out. let me ask you this, um, and the only reason I'm doing this, because this is what the world I know is with podcasting and that, um, especially independent podcasting, we always call ourselves uh, professional amateurs. And basically, because <laughs> everybody's learning this, as obviously as you saw with the tech thing, we've been doing over 200 episodes and we still have tech issues come up <laughs> like today. <laughs> um, but in the podcast world, um, it surprised me when me and my partners started doing this, that everybody is friendly to each other. And outside of the major, you know, unless you have a famous comedian, famous, you know, huge actor, your show is 
you know, from the ground up, just trying to gain gr- uh, traction. And, you know, the, some of our best friends, uh, 365 Flicks podcast, Kevin and Chris. Um, they uh, actually, yeah, those guys, those guys were great. We did uh, really enjoyed our podcast with them. Yeah, and they actually even flew over to Cincinnati uh, in oh, September. Wow. Yeah, um, because we're sponsored by um, a comic expo here. And um, they actually flew over and we were doing recordings off uh, all three days at the expo. And they flew over to see us. And... Oh. It's just this, like, everybody helps each other uh, in the independent scene, obviously, in the podcast. Is that very similar to, like, the independent film industry? Obviously, you're all trying to get, you know, your your film shown and recognized. But is there a lot more cohesiveness in that and uh, friendliness as opposed to the big budget? I, th- I mean, yes, yes and no. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there's it, it's interesting. I mean, first of all, like, I don't know, generally Americans are very friendly and, and the doors are a lot more open, a lot more open. And, you know, <laughs> even if even if you are, you know, even if they even if they say no in the end, they'll, they'll give you the opportunity to come in and, and, and you know, and mm-hmm. speak. But here in the UK, it's you know it, it's a very tight circle, and it's very difficult to get into that circle. And if you're in, then you're in. You're in. Great. Um, but you know, someone could have an absolutely amazing film or, or, or idea, or, or you know, even finished product, and it'd still be difficult to get through the door. Um, so I think that you know, the in, definitely the independent level, there's a huge amount of support. Um, and even you know, we we just released a behind the scenes. Um, you know, video of how we how we made the film, and it's 15 minutes long. You know, not everyone's got that sort of time just to sit down and watch 15 minutes of how a film's made. And we've had some amazing response from it. You know, we've had, I think, close to like 20, 25,000 views, and it was only released last week. So the independent circuit is very, very supportive because you know, if if people keep supporting each other in the independent circuit, as soon as you as soon as you're on the rise and you know you you go to the next level, then people tend to like to work with the same people or, or you know at least mm-hmm. you know very much open to working with new people. So it is, it is very supportive on one level. I think that, um, there also is a level where, you know, there's, there's an element of, you know, I don't know, there's an element of stubbornness and people don't want to, people don't want to give new people a chance and it's not always down to the quality of your work. Mm -hmm. Um, the reason we sort of get like high level sort of cast and crew on board our projects is because they can see that actually we kind of do know what we're doing, even if we haven't sort of made it at the level that they've possibly worked at themselves. Mm. But then there's other people in the industry and they'll just sort of look at you and they'll just be like, well, yeah, I don't really want to take a chance on this. We'll go with something easy. And it might not, a lot of the, a lot of the time it's just not even better projects. It's just something that's it's just an of, easier fit. Yeah. It's just an easier fit. And sure. that's, that's a big problem that, you know, that, and that's why we sort of have pushed so hard to get our own projects off the ground because we want to make good quality stuff. We don't want to just be sort of fitting into a box uh, for the sake of getting funded. Yeah, and the thing the thing is um, the the sort of difference that we've done it. You know, uh, it, it's 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 inspiring but frustrating at times because we haven't had any support from like any of the sort of local funding or the or the major film funding. Yeah, ways, the, yeah. the mm. film institutions here. So it has been very much completely you know our, off our own back, um, which I think at some point we will we will you know tap in tap into that funding. So I think that it's a mix. I think that it's it's you know it's it's supportive. Um, when it when it when it suits and then sometimes it's quite difficult but um but i don't know i think i think ultimately you just attract people with the right mindset um and it doesn't matter what level in the industry you're at if they can sort of see an element of you know their work epic in you that's kind of i think how we built up like a good network of cast and crew and and that's why we you know find it really rewarding working with the kind of people that we do and why they in turn enjoy working with us 
Uh, I'm actually just kind of surprised that you guys said Americans are usually friendly. I mean, I'll give you an example. If I, you know, I, I know a few American agents, which if I, if I email them, they'll, they'll respond, you know, they'll, they'll respond. It doesn't, mm-hmm. even if they say, Matt, I'm busy, bugger off, <laughs> uh, they respond. And that's, that's fine for, for, for me to go, okay, boom, I don't need to, you know, give them a week or whatever and go back in. Whereas the UK, <laughs> you, you won't even get a response. So you don't know if they've looked at it. You don't know what's going on. You don't know this, you don't know that. And, um, I mean, look, it's not, it's not, it's not everyone and it's not, you know, it's, it's not, it, it's not sort of, um, completely that way. But I think that, you know, there is, there is an element of struggle where there, it feels like there's a very tight circle. And if you're in that circle, great. If you're not, then it's very difficult to get in. Um, oh. I would advise you to avoid any American news, the government and that. That would be good. Uh, <laughs> everyone else is usually friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's different industries. The film industry itself is, um, you know, it's quite a friendly industry, I mm. think, in general. Um, yeah. Well, lot, gen- generally, the, people, yeah. the artistic industry, you know, as a whole is probably friendly because it's people understand the sort of sacrifice and risk you do just for making art. And, it, you know, it's you know it doesn't always reward you it doesn't always make money it doesn't always do the things that you know other normal businesses do mm-hmm. um, so it's quite it's quite i suppose it's quite um different to that but you know americans are friendly i don't know you don't, <laughs> yeah we've had, we've had a pretty good experience with americans we yeah. know you just think uh <laughs> we appreciate that <laughs> we've been uh intake <laughs> we've been beaten down in the world lately <laughs> rightfully so <laughs> yeah um now how long did winterridge how did that how long did it take from idea to the end uh i won't say the end but you know i mean uh to completion of the finished product did it take uh everything it was very it was very, very very short um i kind of brought the, the project to matt sort of uh september october mm-hmm. uh we got the film off the ground from there and by the time we were in april we were shooting oh. um so that's like you know an unheard of kind of time frame and that's just because we like absolutely sort script of, to scripts uh to s- deliver when do we deliver and we delivered sort of pretty much october so you know again like a really intense uh sort of post-production period but yeah, so yeah. i suppose script to delivery one year and then what we're trying to do is obviously um from delivery to distribution mm-hmm. within six months, which um, which we're, we're on track for. Um, so, yeah, we wanted it to be because, because again because the fundings come from kind of our own um, yeah our own avenues. It's, you know, we've got some private investors that you know we 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 we, um, we encourage to invest. Like I said, it's not it's not public funding or or film institution money. So we we wanted to make a very um, you know, a very, we wanted to show what we could do in in you know with the lowest amount of money in in, in almost the quickest time possible. But sure. again, that, without sort of losing that quality. So for us, you know, it's very much a springboard to okay, what's next? And we've got quite a few things lined up. So um, it's yeah, it's a very sort of uh, yeah, we've got an exciting kind of slate of films mm-hmm. ahead, and I think this is a, a really good calling card. Um, you know, not just as an indie film, but to sort of show that we can do something that's quite high production value. And that, you know, obviously that term is thrown around quite a lot, but obviously if you look at the trailer, we have kind of really pushed for yeah. that kind of feel. We'd, try, we'd love to do what sort of, uh, you know, in the same sort of um, marketing and distribution that like God's own country's doing where it's a, it's an independent film, but it's 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 just making, making, you know, waves, yeah. make, making waves on an international mm-hmm. um, presence. 
So what what is uh, I think I know the answer to this, but I still have to ask what's easier shooting the film, getting that the editing and all that or going out and getting the distribution and meeting with everybody? <laughs> um, well, first of all, I, I, the funding of the film is definitely the hardest. OK, yeah. Um, the, the shooting is definitely the definitely the most fun, <laughs> um, even though it's it's weird because I don't know how to kind of pitch this. Um, the difficulty is the same. You just have less time pressures, I guess, after. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the shoot the shoot to me just kind of it, it felt like you know, you've, you've done you've done films that are sort of longer form. You've done stuff that's shorter. It, you just have to break it down to like, right, I've got to do this scene now. OK, I've got to do these bunch of scenes in this time period okay now i've made the day then you're just sort of doing that day at a time obviously you've got to link everything together but it's just an expansion of what you've already done and it, it feels quite instinctive when you're in it sure. um whereas you know the, the 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 struggle to get it funded is obviously like you know as matt said like one of the major sort of pressures um well, there's a lot of um you know when, when you're funding it there's a lot of waiting around and, and you feel like you well you are working a lot to try and get it funded but there's a lot of waiting around mm-hmm. when you're set and you're shooting you're working a lot harder, but you obviously you're enjoying it. And then that's when it becomes natural. And it kind of, it, I don't want to say easy, but it, it, it's, it's like, right. Okay. Very organic, yeah, kind we're, of we're here now. We know what we know. We know what we're doing. Yeah. And then the distribution side, I think that, you know, the distribution side is, is, is probably in between, in between both is it's going to be, um, it's quite hard to sort of, you know, you know, make sure that you're, you've got the right sales agent and you're going to all the right festivals and markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, making sure that making sure the film is marketed and, and sold in, in sort of um, the best way possible for the project and for, you know, for obviously the distribution. So um, the great thing is we've got a few options lined up and there's been a few things that's been happening um, already with the film. Like I said, we've already we've already done a deal um, in China, which is quite hard to get to, you sure. know, to get um, sold in China. So that's a great thing. So we'll be looking ahead to, um, like I said, a, a very early release next year and It'll probably go to Berlin, um, and probably um, it may even do a little run at Cannes as well if we can get some. That'd be nice. That'd be great. Now yeah, we had a good we had a good run in Cannes actually. We, we just um, just finished the film. We got a teaser trailer out in time to go there, um, and it went down really well. So um, yeah, it would be nice to go back again this year. What uh, genre do you guys prefer, or have you not done yet that you would like to do? Uh, let's say that even. I prefer um, like true stories and and, mm. and drama related stuff, just because that's kind of the slate that kind of been developing and got lined up. Um, yeah, I probably least prefer horror, but obviously it's something that I probably say that now and then in the future I'd like to do, I'd like to I'd like to do horror just for the sake of trying to reinvent it and do something really really different um, in the sense of like you know when the shining first came out or something like that um but that's my least kind of mm. favorite yeah I think, I, think we're, I think we're on the same page on that one i'm not sort of a massive fan of horror um i mean I, i'd like i kind of like big stories so tales of like journeys i quite like sort of doing period time pre stuff mm. uh, he likes epic stuff like yeah yeah back mountain um stuff stuff with like you know a good kind of journeys you know good for me sci-fi would be cool to do at some point as well um and uh yeah i definitely want to shoot in the states that's that's a sort of a a big goal of mine as well uh i really like the kind of um the landscape and and the kind of the culture so 
um, you know, maybe going back in time and sort of shooting something in the that's sort of set in the eighties uh, in North America would be very sort of interesting to me. But it's it's all down to the story, really. Like genre kind of is transcended by the quality of the story and the yeah, characters. Yeah, the script. I think it's always always to do with script and how mm. how how good the material is. If you uh, wanted to do a time travel piece, Dom, uh, you could come to Cincinnati because we're about 20 years behind everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great pun. That should be the, the slogan when you first enter. Come to Cincinnati because we're 20 years behind. Uh, Mark Twain actually wrote about Cincinnati back in his day and said pretty much something similar. I can't remember the exact quote, but we're about 50 years behind everybody. Why did you say that, though? Why, why, why is that? What Cincinnati um, is a very conservative town, um, very, and change does not happen quick here, uh, which is good and bad. Um, you know, we have a, a very we're steeped in tradition a lot here, um, and so it's kind of nice. We're very midwestern uh, in that aspect of it. Um, so it's frustrating, uh, especially for the younger people because they want change here. You know, now, 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 and in the and it it just doesn't happen. <laughs> and again, though, I mean, I love the I love the city and that, but it is very slow to change. Um, and, and like I said, you know, hopefully Chris and Kevin thought we were the friendliest uh, place they've been, which you know we try we pride a lot on that, but we are very yeah, slow to change. I told you, I think um, you should come to London. It's uh, <laughs> unfriendly. <laughs> and I'm out. I'm actually outside of since I'm a little bit more in the country in that. So we're really slow to change out here <laughs> with everything. Um, now, yeah, there's, there's bits of England like that. There's bits of England like that as well. Um, I guess London is quite progressive and it is quite fast moving. So it's. Um, yeah, it's kind of a hub in a sense, but yeah, there's definitely areas in England that are, uh, you know, different sort of thoughts going on and uh, well, ideas. Well, we get um, a decent amount of, shockingly, a, a lot of, uh, not a lot, I would say at least two to three films a year shooting here. And I think a lot of it is because of the architecture in that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's always surprising to me because we're not one of the biggest cities in the country, and but we do get a decent amount of, actual major film shooting here it always kind of surprises me and i work uh when you go downtown cincinnati there's you know every couple months there's at least a road closure because there is a shooting uh, you know uh, actual film shooting <laughs> so it's kind of funny but uh what is your favorite uh television show now do you guys have time for any of that uh for me probably gonna go with westworld okay um, just because uh it's it's um you know, Nolan's kind of writing in it is just absolutely brilliant, and it's such a mm-hmm. it's such a complex, multi layered um, idea. And and when you sort of go into sci fi, uh, you know, some of my favorite sci fi's are where you kind of use the setting and the world and the concept mm-hmm. to explore like human minds sort of even further than you you sort of normally would. Um, and you know, Anthony Hopkins in it, and and you know, a lot of the main cast actually are just spectacular. Uh, both from a sort of a performance sort of standpoint and uh, especially kind of from the writing. So that that's a, a really fascinating sort of show for me. Did you ever uh, see the original? I haven't, no, no, I haven't. Oh, I don't know if it would hold up a lot. Uh, <laughs> growing up, we didn't have cable, and so it was always on the local channels every weekend. So my brothers and I were huge fans of it. And then to see what HBO did it, Nolan did with it, um, is completely, I mean, still some aspects there, but it is completely different. And Westworld is actually one of our favorite shows on the podcast. We talk about that all the time. Um, oh, great. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a wonderful, it's beautifully shot, and the, this writing is unbelievable. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I mean, other than that, like obviously, sort of Stranger Things, I'm I'm a big fan of. I kind mm. of like the the nostalgia and the the eighties vibe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are probably the two recently that I've sort of got stuck into. I haven't really been watching that much um, of late. I watched. Um, is it Mind Killer, the Fincher? Yes. Series yes. like Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that was really interesting, um, and uh, it's it sort of it, it is fascinating seeing seeing sort of TV becoming um, quite sort of dark and, and intellectual these days. Aggression. Mm. Uh, Did you uh, catch up on the Stranger Things too this year? Uh, of course. Of okay. Course. Could you explain? And we've been asking about this on the podcast. Could you explain to me why the hell you would keep that lizard? <laughs> that little lizard thing. Why would you keep that? That's a bad idea. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with that kid's head, to be honest. Um, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, I guess there's a message in finding, uh, finding some kind of good in, in anything. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't really make much sense well, it's, to me. It's, it's this crazy as... little creature, I guess, uh, turned into like an absolute demon. It started off like cute. So you just, I don't know. I suppose it's, I would have, I would have kept it. Innocence, innocence of kids, I guess. Yeah, we we always joke about that. That is not a good idea if you have an unknown creature. Yeah, it looks cute, but <laughs> it doesn't seem. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Matt, what are your, what are your uh, TV? Uh, mine, I think. Um, I, I mean, again, I haven't watched too much recently, but um, uh, I, I do like Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Um, I thought Stranger Things was good as well, actually. Uh, you got that one with Reese Witherspoon, didn't you, as well? Yeah, I did actually. Cheers, Don. No, I did actually like the one with Reese Witherspoon. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Big Little Lies? Yes, yes. They actually yeah. just renewed it for a second season. I, I did actually really like it. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, did you ever think of Kevin Can Wait? Have you guys? Do you guys have that over there with Kevin James? No, <laughs> no I don't that. Don't you don't want to? Uh, it is the bane of my existence every week. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. No, that's it. I mean, yeah. Again, TV. I'm, I'm still stuck in filmland. So it, it, you know, sure. to watch to watch TV is um, you need you need a lot of time. Um, but I will. Yeah, I'll have to. What do you recommend? That's well, Westworld is actually my favorite. I love Westworld. Um, I feel so. like. Um, the Mindhunter, I just started getting into that. And I really enjoy that. Um, that is one of my favorites. Uh, if you guys, I don't know if you ever see it, if, uh, with um, the uh, Peaky Vinders and that, um, if you guys watch, it's very similar to Sons of Anarchy. Have you guys ever seen that from, I don't know if that's imported over there uh, or not. Yeah, we've seen, um, I mean, I've, I've seen a little bit of Sons of Anarchy. Mm. I've watched, um, I'm, I'm mostly up to date with Peaky Blinders. Okay. Um, I, I, was a, I was a huge fan of Boardwalk Empire, actually, like a, a massive fan of, of what they did with the sort of the characters and the world mm-hmm. uh, there. So yeah, I think we're the sons. Of, the sons of anarchy is a very slow burn. Um, mm. it, you do have to, it's seven seasons. And, um, like I said, if you skip the third season, you're perfectly fine. Even though they go to Ireland, which is beautiful. The writing was not very well done. This third season, but, uh, mm. every other season has been great. Um, but it is one of those that you need to watch, it, the first season doesn't really do its justice. Justice, it's, you got to keep going for it. Um, right, uh, but that is that's actually one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, I need to have a look at that one. Sons of Anarchy in Westworld. I think my favorite is definitely Sopranos, though. Okay, 
I've Love never gotten into that, and I wanted to. I just never, just haven't had time. It's just it's, it's, it's such a, such a big thing to get into, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. the only series, it's the only TV series I've watched. Like I think I've done it like twice or three times now. Mm-hmm. Because every time you watch it, you just you, you you learn something new about the characters, and it's quite. I've never really had that before with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that yeah, it was just I just I really I really enjoyed that. I thought it was great. I just feel like, especially with TV, there's so much, especially with digital, there's so much coming at you that when somebody, you know, the big popular thing, you try to go watch that and then it's already gone by the time I finish watching it. It's like a year later. (laughs) So true. Um, I'll let you guys wrap up here. um, But Winter Ridge uh, comes out. uh, Do you guys have a date in America yet or an idea for it yet? Well, we may we 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 may be having a screening of it in um, in America in February. Okay, okay. We won't say too much yet. Sure, no, not a problem. In Cincinnati, <laughs> we're just, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, it's uh, not true, but I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're doing like a different voice in Cincinnati. <laughs> um, but it's definitely coming out early next year. So okay. yeah, keep, keep an eye out for it. And we're, um, we're doing it. Like I said, the trailer's getting released very soon. We're, okay. we're going to be sort of full on with the the marketing and and press and social media side of it now there's different things getting released almost every week now which is great yeah and if you guys have anything please let us know uh we will be put it up on twitter and our facebook page um we do a lot with our facebook pages with uh, pop culture and trailers and everything else so if you guys have anything we would love to promote it because like I said just from the trailer that i saw uh i was intrigued by it it looks really well done so I'm excited to see it. Um, but, yeah, anything you guys want, we would be more than happy to help you guys out because uh, we enjoy it a lot. Well, so. thank you very much. And, uh, Amazing. No, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. And if we, uh, if we come over, we'll definitely uh, stop by and uh, say hello. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, you can bring Chris and Kev with you, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Matt, uh, Dom, I appreciate it. Um, and like I said, uh, Winter Ridge comes out next year sometime. Uh, and look for Hobie and uh, we'll let you guys uh, go now. Appreciate it. Amazing, man. Thank you so much as well. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get you back to your podcasty goodness now in a minute. First, we'd like to take a second to tell you about our marginally better podcast, the 365 Flex Podcast. I am the Scottish weeding whore, Chris. And I am the pissy ex-video store clerk, Kev. And we bring you the latest movie and TV news, reviews and rants. All that and a bunch of top fives that you really will not care about. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Libsyn and all other third-party podcasting apps. And on top of all that, you'll get free access to our indie talk. You'll hear us speaking with directors, producers, actors, comic book creators and artists about their experiences. Don't forget to drop us five stars and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters. Told them not to go in the water. It's time for Box Office Bombs. Alright, starting with Box Office Bombs, we have Just Getting Started. Uh, Do I know this movie? Uh, This is the Tommy Lee Jones uh, oh, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's another, uh, we take old uh, aged male actors and try and put them in funny grandpa situations. All right. Well, it bombed with $3.2 million in its opening weekend. Wow, I don't remember a wide release movie with that high level of actors only doing $3.2 million. 
I feel I feel like uh, Tommy Lee Jones could have made The Fugitive three, and it would have been better. Probably. Uh, the film has a nine percent ranking on Rotten Tomatoes and a C on Cinema Score. Is it almost impossible to get a C on Cinema Score? I can't believe that they got a C on Cinema Score. It's below B minus. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Uh, the film had a $22 million budget and most likely will not make its money back. How low do you think it goes second week? Oh, wow. 1, 1.5? 2.1. I'm going 2.1. Uh, wow. I'm trying to – because what they normally say at least a 50. third drop-off. Usually it's 33 that, to 40%. Yeah. Big blockbusters are usually 50 to 60%. Because everybody went in the first mm-hmm. week. I could see one and a half million in its next week. I think that would be hilarious. Although, and it's also going against, you know, as we'll talk later, Star Wars opening week. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know. What else we got, Jeff? Uh, the uh, top five this week of the uh, box office uh, report. Uh, number one, Coco. Made another 18 and a half million, a total of 135 and a half on a budget of 175. Uh, Justice League made another ten million, a total of two hundred and twelve on its three hundred ish million dollar budget. Uh, Wonder, Jason's favorite movie, Fuck this movie. made another Jesus. nine and a half million, a total of one hundred and a half million, Play. On a budget of twenty million. You're not seeing Star Wars; you're seeing Wonder. I can't you? wait till Wonder Two comes out because with oh. numbers like this, they got to make a sequel, right? Oh. I can't even remember. I don't, what, what is Wonder about? This is the kid that has the deformed face. And uh, Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson are his parents. And everyone deserves a standing ovation. No, they don't! <laughs> I applaud this kid for going through school and, like, you know, awesome. Because it's based on a real story. True story. Good for that. Good oh. for him. I'm glad he overcame. Now this movie looks like, look like an asshole. No, this movie looks like shit. <laughs> it looks like a typical Hollywood, oh, everybody has to feel good about each other. Shut up! Give me a better film. Scrooge. It's a... It's a Tug at your heartstrings intentionally. No, uh, tug at my balls. Tug at your ball strings? Yeah, with the oh, bullshit. Man. You're a horrible person. I am a horrible person, but this is a horrible film. <laughs> and I thought I was the negative person on this one. I am the positive one. This looks like shit. <laughs> Go spend your money on Winter Ridge. Uh, the Disaster Artist made $6.5 million in a limited release on a $10 million budget. I like how that made more money than just getting started in a wide release. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I want to see that's the one about the making of the room. I want to see it. The horrible movie. Yeah, with was it James Franco with Tommy Wazoo or And he's actually directing. Yeah. I I want to see it. I saw the the preview for that and I didn't realize that was James Franco. At first I thought, did they get Tommy Wazoo to make this movie? (laughs) I mean that's how well he looked in the in the preview anyway. So I'll give him props for that. So do you have to see the the actual movie first before I going seeing Disaster I, Artist? I haven't heard anything good about it. I don't know if I can sit through that movie without uh, Crow and Tom Servo. Uh. Crow? <laughs> and coming in at number five, Thor colon Ragnarok made another $6.5 million, a total of $301 million on a $180 million budget. Okay. Uh, Thor is still up there. I- I'm impressed by it. Well done for it. I want to see how much it's made. Give me a second here. It, oh, you mean uh, worldwide? Yeah. Well, say I just told you it made 301 million. Worldwide, but... I want to see what it made here. Um, uh, what do you think? It. What do you think? I say triple it. It is at. Uh, it's big in Scandinavia. Now, does, wor- does worldwide include the U.S. box? Yeah, it includes everything. Okay. 
Uh, well, no, it doesn't actually. It's five hundred thirty-two million uh, foreign. Make sure we're differentiating between American theaters and European theaters. Well, what about Chinese theaters? Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's made a total of eight hundred thirty-three million worldwide. Worldwide, eight hundred. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. So yeah, it's triple. It's about nine hundred million. So it's close. Close. Better question. Let's see how much Justice League has made worldwide. Ooh. Justice well. League has made six hundred fourteen million. It's only made four hundred two million worldwide. But at least made its money back. Yeah, maybe. Well, three hundred million dollars plus you figure all the blah blah blah. One hundred fifty million for that didn't go over six hundred million, did it? For all the other so. expenses? I don't think so. So at least... I mean, it wasn't a complete bomb like they lost their... And here's the here's the thing. Wonder has only made $29 million worldwide. What does the rest of the world know that America doesn't? A uh, lot. Those type of movies don't ever do well. Really. I know! Let's keep it that way! Let's but, learn from that, people! Uh, we've got an entire channel on television dedicated to sappy movies... Hallmark Channel. Oh, I was going to say AMC. No. <laughs> Hallmark. Hold up, Are you okay? I think I'm having a stroke. Are you having a stroke? Uh, Murder on the Orient has made 181 million foreign, uh, 92 million domestic. So okay. good for that. Uh, I, I want to see that still. I, I do too. I really am intrigued to see that. I need to get my movie pass so just like next week I can just go every day and not. And see something? See something. Because there's at least three movies that I still want to see that are sitting in the theater that won't be there for long. Are you thinking... Star Wars opening. You think Roman J. Israel Esquire is one of them? Roman J. Israel Esquire Jr. is not one of them. So, it's made $11 This past week, after being out uh, for a total of four weeks, it made $870,000. That's a bad week. That is a bad, bad week. Okay, that's Roman Esquire. Yes, that's a Roman Esquire. Sorry, so you said it, so I thought you talking. No, about no, it? my bad, my bad. <laughs> I am intrigued to see I Tanya, the Tanya Harden one. Oh, I am not. I think that could be interesting. Oh no, partly because at the time, you know, with my name being Jeff, you know how many Jeff Galuli jokes I've oh, heard. Oh God. I actually forgot all his name until they brought it back up again. I was like, oh. I don't think I'll ever forget his name. Between Jeff Galuli and Jeffrey Dahmer, I've heard them all. Uh, just to let you know, um, Geostorm yeah. has made 144000 this week. I didn't know it was still in the theaters. It didn't either. Uh, <laughs> it made $207 million total. $174 million foreign. Okay, now here we go, world. Yeah. What the fuck do we know that you don't know about this film? <laughs> Come on. Let's help here, people. I thought you knew. Things, action things blowing up go good within the rest of the world. I guess. Sentimental and uh, comedies, not as much. Uh, let's see here. I, I just want to see what the last film is. The Sacrifice. Made $40 this week. 40 <laughs> Wow. In one theater. Last week it was in two theaters. Yeah. And it lost... <laughs> 97% in two weeks. Duh, $40. <laughs> I mean, so what was that? 80 bucks it made last week? <laughs> uh, Porta made uh, $58. It has a plus 625%. <laughs> so it went up. <laughs> it went up. 
Sorry, just had to do that. All right, well, upcoming this week, December 15th, 2017, Mm -hmm. a little movie called Star Wars colon The Last Jedi. Okay. Also, Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand? No. Oh. It's about Ferdinand the Bull, the children's book. About the the bull that just wanted to sit under the tree all day. Is that what it was? Ferdinand? I'm assuming. I know it's about a bull, so I'm assuming it's that bull. (laughs) I know it's about bull, but I didn't know that was his plot. Sounds like a lot of bull. I remember reading that that one book as a kid. We had that one, and whatever I see on the commercials looks like they're taking a very short children's book and putting a lot of crap into it that really doesn't happen. Uh, They did that with Polar Express. Yes, that's what I did. And where the wild things are. In The Hobbit. (laughs) <laughs> well, with The Hobbit, those were written somewhere else, just in appendixes and similacroms or whatever it's called. And somewhere else. Yeah, that. <laughs> you know, in preparation for Star Wars The Last Jedi, you know, TNT has been on like a huge Star Wars megathon. Oh, yeah. So, being sick with no other, op- other options... I did start rewatching the Star Wars episodes, and I did watch like Phantom Menace. Did you watch them Clone order? Wars, like I, episode one through episode six in order? I, no, there's whatever. I woke up and oh. whatever was playing at the time <laughs> I watched. And let me just say that the one, two, and three, not the four, five, and six, the prequels. Yeah, the prequels that they made. The CGI animation and all that does not stand up well. It looks like you're watching a Battlefront video game for most part of it. And and I was really astonished on how shitty the CGI really is. It looks worse in t- as it goes on. It is. Yeah, Are you it does. 15 years later, it didn't hold up? No. It didn't hold up two days later. Yeah, I didn't think it, it was looked that I impressive thought, when I was watching it in the theater. I didn't think the base, but I thought the aliens that Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to for the clones was cool looking. I thought they looked at least polished. The base looked mm-hmm. awful that they were living at, yeah. but I thought they looked good, and that was the only thing I remember that was good. Jeff really liked the arena fight scene. Yeah, the arena fight scene, that looked so realistic. Oh, it did. God. It did, especially when they're riding the one thing. Oh, my God. Looks you so know, good. It was just really horrible. Oh, and oh yeah. If you're Obi Wan and you go to the planet, what are you gonna ride? I'm gonna ride a bearded gecko lizard. <laughs> what the fuck, man? It can stick to the side. You know, any even the 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 what's the what was the general Mobius? What's Grievous. It? Grievous. Even though the was his lightsaber Grievous. Grievous, Grievous, Grievous. Even the lightsaber battle against Grievous was just so horrible and tacky. Yeah, I was. It's, it's just like, so bad. You think it was supposed to be cool because he's got like four arms each with a lightsaber? Yeah. No, it didn't work out no, that it's way. Just more like a whirling dervish. <laughs> I'm tra- I'm training your lightsaber ways. <laughs> <laughs> really. Oh, this is a giant I didn't, I didn't learn the giant saw spin. <laughs> Where's that come from in my Jedi training? But you know, I, I but the, the one thing, the, the only good thing to take away from those first, you know, three prequels is the the fact that uh, you know Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Qui Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon? No, not Qui Gon Jinn. Darth Maul. No, the guy who played Obi Wan. What's his name? Ewan McGregor. Yeah, Ewan McGregor. Sorry, you know, he is spot on 
Alec Guinness. He is. And I, I, I really, really hope if they do a three-movie Star Wars spinoff, if they're going to go to Obi-Wan route, I really would like to see Ewan McGregor to take The rumor that. is that they they are contemplating if they're going to bring him back or not. Why? Why are you contemplating Why, why would you contemplate? The you go back. I have with the whole thing, you know, with Ewan McGregor and uh, taking doing the thing is, Man, it must suck to live in the desert because he aged pretty qu- yeah. uh, much for well, 18 <laughs> years later. Yeah. Well, I, I, moisture farming will do that to you. Pretty quickly. Moisture yeah. farming really ages you. Well, he wasn't doing the moisture farming. <laughs> no, but he was around it. Oh. Actually, you can make a funny skit out of it. The only like one, fracking. the tattooing years, he's just like sitting there. Okay. Watching yeah. TV. Yep. Watching TV. Uh-huh. <laughs> Watching holograms. Yeah. What was the old, the old one? Uh, <laughs> go, out, go out and look at the farm, Luke. Okay, he's still there. What was the uh, the fan <laughs> film, the joke that was uh, the, about the cop? It was about cops. It was a joke on cops, but it was called Troopers. And it was about the stormtroopers walking into doing <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty funny. You're watching Troopers. That was a funny skit. But yeah, that's what he's doing. <laughs> You know, but 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 seriously, he had he had Alec Guinness's nonverbal, you know, everything down. Even his his tone, the way he said, "Oh, well, hello there," you know, his fighting and stance, his, his fighting stance, nonverbal cues, everything, uh, very spot on. Charger or Binksco have done a could have taken some notes on that nonverbal oh, thing. Yes. Why did you bring that up? When he sticks his tongue oh, out to get god, the apple. No. Oh my god! And Obi Wan catches it. Ugh. Anyways. Here's your box office news. Oh, are we buying selling? The stock of people? Oh. This is not people we're buying. It's stock of people, people. All right. Are you buying or selling stock in Morgan Freeman's career? I'll buy because he does a lot of narration. Oh, yeah, I'd buy. He's, he's the best voice. The penguins voiceover, go across uh, the Arctic. Actor in, in the world. So I'll buy Morgan Freeman's stock. Is there a god? You know, he's doing that religious thing, too. Yeah. Are you buying or selling? I'm selling. Okay. Okay. You know why? Because he's going to die soon. Because you're going to make money yes. from me buying. He's going to die soon. When that happens, I buy. <laughs> then you buy. Then you buy. Uh, yes. I like I it. I was going to sell when he died because it's like it'll start spiking because everyone, and then I'm like, yeah, I'll sell you now. Yeah. Yeah, copper. Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> buying or selling the stock sell. of Tommy Lee Unless Jones he's in Two-Face. Career. Unless he's Two-Face again. Yeah, I was going to no. say, after that Batman movie, uh, you should have sold or else he lost all value. <laughs> he doesn't like Jim Carrey. Uh, wow. <laughs> I just saw something this week where they were talking about that. Yeah, they really don't like each other. Oh, wow. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also selling my Tommy Lee Jones stock. Okay. And uh, I think let's do some top five. I'm excited about this one. All right. Well, that music means we need better music for our top five introduction. Uh, actually, Mr. Heno will probably be occupied for the next three years. Why is that? You know, breaking news. He's uh, been appointed to a real-life parks and recreation board. Has he? In Idaho. After showing his interest in the government, uh, someone decided that they would give him a job in the government? Can yeah, we just correct. call him Heno Swanson? No, no, no. He's more like uh, Heno Nope. Yeah, he is more Heno Nope. <laughs> would be Heno Nope. Heno Nope. But he does it. Nope. But he does have the abs of Chris Pratt. Uh, mm. hmm. 
Speaking of abs, uh, abs of the year presented by Heno and Stephanie of Gotham Lights. Uh, they just sent theirs in. Uh, in a couple weeks, the Floppy Awards will be here. That's our end of the year podcast awards. Uh, very prestigious. Uh, people bribe us uh, because we are like the Golden Globes, and so uh, they are going. The people are sending in their recordings so we appreciate it got lots of good podcasts on that one uh next week we're gonna have a special episode of uh a lot of guests are stopping by we're gonna have a round table we do it every year a holiday round table episode and uh we got like six or seven guests i think next week so that's gonna be fun uh blake bot will be watching wonder at the theater so he'll be might be coming in at the end who knows yeah. but let me know how wonder is sure uh and also uh so yeah uh, take a listen to us next week we're excited about that one and then after that is the Floppy Awards. Mmm, floppies. Yeah. So, All right, so on to this week's top five. Top five! We decided we wanted to look ahead to the future. Mm-hmm. And things that we are excited about. The and future scares me. we like to talk about movies a lot, we're going to talk about the top five movies that we're looking forward to in 2018. That's right. That is next year, which is kind of depressing. That's already 2018. Yeah, next year is in like three weeks from now. Or... Yes. Kind of like defeat the purpose. Like go back and watch the movie 2012. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, 2012. There's many like, reasons yeah. why we should not watch 2012. Well, yeah. <laughs> John Cusack driving like, a limo is one like, of them. Whatever. Well, kind of like going back and watching 2001. No one should see that either. Or listening to 1999. Although, or it, Prince. Or actually, it would behoove everybody to go back and watch the movie off the book 1984. I was just going to say that. <laughs> and say you want to talk about. And you read that and say. Yeah, this is what's happening now. I don't see what the big deal is. Do you ever feel like you're very happy that you're part of this generation and not the future generation that will have to deal with even more shit? Uh, (laughs) All you got to see. Well, that's the thing is where where does – because, you know, with the advancements in technology Mm -hmm. or whatever that make life, like, easier and and, Mm -hmm. and great, you know, where is the – It's making it worse. There's parts that are making it worse. So where is the the, the thing where it goes from – the, the perfect sweet spot. Mm-hmm. You think we reached it? And oh yeah, on I, out? I think we passed. The oh yeah, we spot. fucked that spot. You think we're past? I it? think we're we're past. Yeah, so you it. would rather go back? We're down to, You'd rather go back to the '80s right now? Yeah. Than what? We we found the G spot and we missed it. We <laughs> screwed it up. <laughs> and now we're getting the tap. Come on up. Okay. <laughs> so we fucked saying, it you're, up. You're pretty much right. saying the 1990s were it. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, it's nothing yeah. but downhill from now. And that I maybe I, I never thought. You know, George but we barely Orwell. even had a I never thought internet. George Orwell could be such a visionary. I mean, when I read the book in high school, I'm like, ah, this will never happen. And now I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> this is insane. It's real. But but things like iPhones, we didn't have those in the 90s. Just got the new iPhone 8 Plus. <laughs> Ooh. Because my other iPhone died. And so uh, my Did, wife had to switch over anyways. Didn't they switch, like, they didn't they, like, skip 9 and went straight to X? Well, that's only the 10th anniversary oh. thing. And you have to, like, relearn it and everything, but it was yeah. nice because... Am, we... I, am I the only one that's pissed off about the no. iTunes upgrade on the iPhone? I don't I know mean, anyone who isn't. You know, they fucked up the whole iTunes thing. It used to be so simple. You just, But now they just I've heard a lot, especially in the podcast uh, stuff, people are pissed at So it. it's not just me. Not no. just I'm sitting there going, why the fuck did they fuck this up? For once, it's not just you. Yeah. You're all right with that? I don't know. Let me think about that. 
<laughs> so anyway, let's get on to our yes. top five list. Oh, yeah. So anyways. Oh, yeah. So we can add that to Amy Whalen's question. All 1984, right. the book and the movie. Was yeah. the movie good? No, no, my favorite. We're, we're living the movie. The we're movie's living. already. <laughs> movie's all right. No, we're, li- right. we're living it. Well, I'll start. <laughs> um, what I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to my number five is uh, Mortal Engines. The Peter Jackson adapting the uh, uh, book series. Uh, steampunky, uh, futuristic, uh, what do you call it? Dystopian future uh, stories. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. We'll see how, if it's going to be a more of a Lord of the Ringsy or, or well, Peter Jackson's writing and producing. Or, or more Fresh Prince, uh, Wild Wild West. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope it's not like that. <laughs> I hope it is like that. <laughs> Wild Wild West. James West. <laughs> Meet Artemis, Clad Frog, Earth Saving Salma. Hi. If it brings Kevin Klein back to my t- my movie screens, I'm fine with that. How about In and Out too? Uh, my number five is um, I, t- I hope he did. Of course you did. Jurassic World Two: Fallen Kingdom colon because I love Jurassic Park movies. Uh, the trailer actually made me fall made it fall from number fall. one. Wow, all the way to five. Ooh, yeah. One, two, five. five to number Wait, two. Five. It was number five two. Five A, five B, five C. Five B. The trailer made me go up on this one. Rampage with the Rock. It looks like a fun movie. It doesn't look good, but it looks fun. And oh, I'm yeah. actually going to take my son to see it opening yeah, day. Let's take an '80s arcade game and make it a movie. It looks awesome. And the movie has nothing to do with the arcade game. It looks awesome. Well, they're smashing buildings, aren't they? They are. Okay. Is there a giant wolf in it? Peoria is getting destroyed again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, go ahead, Billy. What's your number five? Say, uh, my number five, I actually saw this uh, preview when I was in the uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. And I didn't even know this movie was coming out, but they played it, and I'm like, ah, this looks pretty funny. Bumblebee, the Transformers spinoff? No, not Bumblebee. That is not in my top five. Spoiler, not in my top five. Mine neither, so. <laughs> That's uh, Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman's uh, Game Night. I don't I'm know not, this one. No, I don't either. Go watch the trailer. It's actually pretty funny. I looked at. Yeah. So. I'm actually looking forward to that. It actually looks pretty funny. Yeah. It's uh, about a bunch of couples that get together for game nights, and... Uh, one of the game nights go awry where, where it's like a real murder kidnapping and they think it's all part of the game. Oh. Like the, the guys at the house, he hosts them over there. The gang, gangsters come in and... and, and they like, think it's like... It's they like steal they think it's like a show. They're like, oh my gosh, the, this the, is great. murder party thing. They're like, oh like yeah, like a murder party. Oh my gosh, it's a murder party. They're dragging away. It looks so real. They're like... Is this guy like, like... Help me! <laughs> <laughs> is this the man who knew too little with the Bill Murray one? You know what they no. did? They didn't give... A safe word. So if he starts yelling "banana, banana," you know it's not part of the. That is true. <laughs> yeah. That is true. So so they go ahead and uh, part of their what they think they're supposed to do is go like try and go rescue him. They don't realize it's real. It's not a game. You know, it's not a game. Oh, that intrigues me. So it's called um, yeah, game night. Who's my... the female in it? The actress Rachel McAdams. Oh, like hubba hubba. Yeah, like anytime that. she's in a movie, it's probably worth seeing. That's right. I'm looking Except yeah. for the Notebook. Oh. <laughs> What's yes. your number four, Blake? All right, my next one is got uh, looking forward to it. It's got my favorite character actor, Tom Hardy. Okay, because you can't recognize him from movie to movie because he's that good. Well, that's usually because he's wearing a mask. Well, this or... time is going to be tough because he's wearing a mask. He's Venom. 
Yes, he is. Oh, he's Venom. Yeah. That could be interesting. I would like to see it. I don't know if he can to- stop, uh, top Topher Grace as Venom. Oh, God. It's a tough call. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so you're talking about the Star Wars. Topher Grace or Mila Kunis? Mm, Mila. So you're talking about. about get her to play Venom. That would be awesome. <laughs> There's a rumor that, that there's a female out of my venom. Mind right now. There's a rumor there's going to be a female venom in it. Uh, I did. You're talking about the Star Wars trilogy. The prequels are awful, and they were showing them a lot. Yes. This week they were showing the Spider-Man movies, the Andrew Garfield ones. Oh. And right before you guys came here in the green room, yeah. Spider-Man Two, Amazing Spider-Man Two was on, and I'm not kidding. For a whole two minutes, I sat there like. Who is the main bad guy in this one? It completely blacked out you from my mind. I forgot it was Electro. And I'm like, <laughs> seriously, who is the bad guy in this? And then I was like, James Franco? Is he? No, that's the other trilogy. Yeah. And I'm like, the other he Spider-Man. played him in that. Yes. <laughs> and I seriously, I'm not bullshitting. For like two minutes, I was like, who the fuck is the bad guy in this? I was like, oh, it's Electro. Oh, oh. Jamie Foxx. It wasn't even a good Electro. No, it was a terrible version of Electro. It's horrible. Uh, let's see, my number four. Uh, I really like this movie. I'm a little hesitant on... How do you know you like it? It's not no, 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 yet. the original, sorry. Oh. The first one. I'm hesitant on the sequel, but then I heard who's in it. Creed 2. The Rocky Balboa one uh, with Michael B. Jordan. Are you kidding me? Creed 2. No, no. Ivan Drago's in it. Oh, my God. And he's training somebody to be Creed. Oh, and I'm like, this is awesome. I'm in. I love Creed. Uh, Creed is very well done. Why don't they just call it Rocky Nine? Well, Rocky's not fighting. He's just but coaching. It's not the Rocky. The, did they come up with a Rocky universe that we don't know about? <laughs> Are you talking about the Rocky universe? <laughs> that would actually be cool. Jesus. Oh, so does that mean Creed Three? They'll have uh, Tommy Gunn there teaching somebody yep. else. Uh, how to Torch Boy, him. Torch Boy. <laughs> it is Michael B. Jordan, Torch Boy. Oh, there we go. Jesus. I really I, like I Creed, Torch Boy. and I think Creed Two is going to be fun. Uh, what's your number four, Jeff? Uh, my number four is based off of a book I read when I was a wee youngin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's coming out as a movie with Oprah Winfrey, even A Wrinkle in Time. A wrinkle in there Time. There you go. Yeah, that's my hesitation. Uh, Oprah sponsoring it. Yeah, I agree. So that would be my honorable mention. Okay, I mean, because I, I read the I'm book as a young to it. as I a young like as it, a youngling but, myself. I read yeah. the book. Yes, and, and the thing is, I don't even remember anything about the book. It was pretty boring. <laughs> I, I remember I liked it when I read it, but I don't remember pretty I was much bored most tears of the I remember. Yeah, I don't think I ever finished it. I think I started it several times. I just never got to finishing it. <laughs> I didn't read the entire series. I just read the first book. I know that, but... Oh, there's a series? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) There's a series? I didn't realize. (laughs) I'm pretty sure there was a series. (laughs) There's a whole blanket. (laughs) Find out how many. uh, Yeah, it's the the three Mrs. Who's It, What's It, and whatever they call themselves. I don't remember now. Sure. It's, It's played by Oprah. Oh, God. And Mindy Kaling and... Is it Reese Witherspoon? The Time Quintet. It's a wrinkle in time, a wind in the door, a swiftly tilting planet, many waters, and an acceptable time. There you go. Hey, so five books. <laughs> I guess that's what quintet means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not a musical instrument. The quintet. <laughs> the quintet. Do, 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 is that what they play in the cantina scene? Yeah. Do, 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 do. $10.99 on Amazon for all of them. All right. Wow. 
Jeff's getting that How for Christmas. Did, you know what? The price will go up now. Buy stock in that now. Buy <laughs> stock in a wrinkle of time. Oprah. That's, That's right. right. Oprah I'm buying it. Oprah stock, damn there it. There you go. Ugh. This uh, movie will help put her stock up. She, she, she needs a break. She has not had that big break in life. I really hope Oprah gets it. What's your number three? Uh, my number three, I hope this one I've got to tie because they're connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Panther and the Fuck you. Avengers. Fuck you. What? <sighs> Avengers Infinity War is my number two. Okay. Black Panther is my number one. Oh, they're both go. my number Put three. Put it on the board. Bam. <laughs> Black Panther looks amazing. Damn. God, a Black Panther I want to see. I want to see that two years ago. I want to see that ten years ago. That movie looks amazing. And Michael B. Jordan's in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, boy. So Black Panther, okay. He stole the show in the last Ca- uh, Avengers movie. Or Captain America. Which one was it? Captain, uh, Captain America. America. They all run together It was basically now. Avengers. Yeah, well, it does. Yeah. Uh, did you see Chris Evans stick up for the kid that was being bullied? Did you see that no, on I Twitter? See that. There's this kid that was being bullied at school, like, really bad. And his mom posted it on Twitter to show, like, this is the effects of kids b- bullying. And Chris Evans responded and said, you know, these guys, you know, there'll be losers looking uh, out for what to do in their life. You know what you're going to be doing? Coming to uh, L.A. to see the Avengers 2 Infinity War premiere with your mom. And then, like, it just blew up. Mark Ruffalo responded to it. Like, don't listen to them. It gets better. Like, Chris Evans even was like, it gets better. Just don't fly on Harvey Weinstein's private jet. That's right. <laughs> but or he, Kevin Spacey's. Chris <laughs> Evans is a fucking treasure to this country. God, I love him. Did you say Chris Edwards? Evans. I think Evans. he said Chris Edwards. I meant Chris Evans. He meant me. Oh. Yes. Herm Edwards, I meant. Herm Edwards. <laughs> no, but you, isn't it amazing how stuff just spikes in, in pitfalls? Yeah. Like, like, this huge spike originally was the guy saving the bunny rabbit in the California fires. Oh, yes. Close to Dark Angel that. Pretty Freaks. Yeah. Is that Neil? Yeah. He was, he was saving the bunny, right? Yeah, I think it was Neil. <laughs> he was but, close. But, you know, all of a sudden, now they're all, like, roasting the guy. Literally. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Roasting the guy about, oh, you're not supposed to do that. And you're really be, what if you got caught in the fire? Then, you know, people would die trying to save you. And blah. So it's like, it's, you know, this is why we missed the sweet spot already, Jason. This is why the 90s was the, the peak of human civilization. Did you, did you wait till the end of that bunny video? It turns on him and bites his head off. It's really <laughs> vicious. <laughs> Pointy teeth. Blood spurling everywhere. Ah, run away. <laughs> Somebody just took the bunny and launched it back into the fire. Uh, number three uh, for me. I guess yeah. I'm excited about it. <laughs> I guess. Wow. I should be. Solo. The Han Solo movie? Yeah, I guess so. Ah, you fucker. Is that your number one? That was my trepid number one. Yeah! Knocking that off. Put it on the board. Yeah. I guess I'm excited about it. <laughs> I'm more excited about the, that than the other two, so there you go. You know, if there's one character you can really piss a lot of people off if you don't do it right with a one one off spin off, it's going to be this one right here. Huh? Well, you Solo's know what? They saw that. Story. They heard your comment. And they said, "Fuck you! We're going to make three of them. We're really going to piss yeah, you we're off. We're really going <laughs> to screw it up." The guy looks good. Like he get, looks. Are they going to get Torch Boy to play Young Lando? Oh jeez. No, that's uh, Donald Glover. Yeah, Donald Glover oh, is right. actually yeah. Playing uh, Lando. So you're uh, going to see the card game where he loses the Millennium Falcon? Oh, I hope so. I hope not. I don't want to know anything about Solo. Yeah, but that oh, was well. the best part about him. I mean, honestly, that's the only thing I want to see is the card game where he loses the Millennium the only thing you know. 
Uh, I mean, it's going to start with Lando owning the Millennium Falcon, right? I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. Good question. Depends. It depends what uh, what they cut. Right, Ron Howard is going to be. A, I think that's part of the reason. I want to poker game with Colt forty five. Yeah, <laughs> and Topher Grace because he's a big poker player. Right. He's in the background. We saw that in uh, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Uh, what's your number three, Blake? My number three, apparently not on any of your guys' list. Although we haven't knocked any of Mamma Mia two. Jeff's off. Uh, it's not Mamma Mia two on my list. Deadpool two. Yeah. Kind of looking forward to it because I did like the first one. I love the first one, and that's why I'm worried about the second one. And, um, I'm feeling the same way. It's like, yeah. one, I'm not, I'm not sure. I was never a fan of cable. So the fact yeah. they're bringing cable in, I'm afraid they're going to give too much cable in the Deadpool movie. He has a lot of pockets, though. I think they're lessening the pockets oh, okay. on, on, in the movie. Uh, I I hope it's good. I trust Ryan Reynolds. Um and one, I, but I'm a little worried because the first one is so damn good. And my list, I, yeah. I, I feel I'm not even looking forward to many uh, sequels. Like the Avengers yeah. is the sequel that made my list. I'm excited about Infinity War just because there's a lot of characters coming together. Yeah. I don't know if I'm really that. I, I think I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm excited about the Marvel movies and DC. Uh, DC, no. But I'll watch it, but I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like, Black Panther is original. I like that idea. Yeah. Just because it's a different take on a character, or like a different superhero. Great. Love it. Avengers? Yeah, we've seen them all team up. No, we haven't seen this much. Yeah. I'm more excited about Guardians of the Galaxy joining the main connected universe than anything. Who are these guys? <laughs> Bunch of a-holes. <laughs> uh, what's your number two? Uh, my number two, uh, I'm sure Mr. Bednar will appreciate. I'm Ready Player One. That's my number one. I got yours. Yeah. Did you see the poster with the guy's seven foot leg? <laughs> the leg. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Did you see that? I saw the poster. Yeah, the leg is all the way down. <laughs> and the best is on Twitter. The, you know, not yeah, that all they, people are going crazy yeah, with it. But they're them. like, yeah. there was people, like a huge tweet going on, where's his knee? Oh, <laughs> and they were trying to determine where his knee was. And they're like, I think it's by his hip. Wait, hold on. I saw a bunch of people making little things like, how does that get through There's editing? A, another picture, a picture of Ty Sheridan from like another movie or something. Yeah. And it's like, I don't see what the problem here is. And there's a picture of him where they just elongated his legs in another picture. And, and oh, oh, you people are just making fun of tall people. That's all. Yeah. How does that get through editing? Stupidity. <laughs> Did you like the trailer? Did you like the new trailer? I liked the new trailer better than the first trailer. First one, I was not too impressed with. I haven't seen the second one. I, I we posted, but I never even watched it. Yeah, the, the second one at least lets you into the basic of story plot, mm -hmm. as opposed to just showing a bunch of cars driving real fast. Drives fast. Yeah. That's your number two, Blake. Well, yeah, that was my number two. My number one was Solo. Oh, okay. Star Wars story. Uh, my number two is Avengers Infinity War. Number one is Black Panther. Uh, my number two is New Mutants. That looks fucked up, and I like it. I, I'm looking for a new take on a comic book uh, superhero franchise, and that looks intriguing enough for me. Looks very Legion-like. I'm very much excited for that one. Okay. And then my number one was uh, Ready Player One. Uh, some movies that we did not list. Peter Rabbit. Uh, the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to that one. The Grinch, how the Grinch stole Christmas cartoon, which I think I saw <laughs> in the 1970s. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, again in the 2000s. Uh, let's see, Hotel Transylvania Three. Yeah, you know, shitty live action, but A Star is Born. They're remaking a Star. Wow, is Born. a fourth time. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, let me get to you who it is, who it's with. Uh, let's see. God, I think that was... Bradley Cooper is directing it. Wow. Uh, let's see. The cast is Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. All right. Andrew Dice Clay's in it. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued to see it because I think I've seen two of the... I think there's three previous... I remember the Barbara Streisand one with Chris Christopherson. Yeah, that was tough to watch. Uh, Maze Runner, The Death Something is coming out. Tomb Raider, Pacific Rim 2. Uh, let's see here. The Meg about the giant shark. And uh, let's see here. I'm just making sure. Aquaman comes out next year. It does. Okay. But... And nobody said Incredibles 2 or Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like I said, I didn't really put a lot of sequels on my list. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, and, ki- I'm kind of getting sequeled out. I mean, I'll watch them. I know mm-hmm. I'll see them. But they're not the ones that get me excited. Um, some uh, top five listener picks from Shauna, Pittsburgh nerd. Still reeling over that Bengals beat down, didn't you? Oh, yeah. 17-3, baby. Suck it. Yeah, yeah. They, they played another quarter no, after they did. that. Half, actually. <laughs> you know what, though? I am, We do want to say big congrats to the Browns for finally beating the, somebody this week. They looked really good against the oh, Packers. No, no, no. Over, overtime happened. Oh, they were up by 14 in the fourth. Yeah, overtime happened. They oh. lost. The Browns happened. Only we can lose. That <laughs> uh, let's see. Sean had Deadpool 2. Alita, Battle Angel, colon. Yeah, I don't know what that one is. Uh, Avengers, Infinity War. Uh, two was Fantastic, Be- Fantastic Beast, The Crimes of Grindelwald. And number one, Ready Player One. Uh, number uh, Besotted Geek, uh, big Star Wars fan. Uh, number five had Fantastic Beats, Beast, colon, he even wrote that out, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Number four is Black Panther. Three, The New Mutants. Two, Deadpool 2. Number one, Avengers, colon, Infinity War. Uh, Dev, <sighs> the side guy, had Paddington 2, Fifty Shades Freed, F- three is Sherlock Gnomes, two is Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral, boo. And number one, Mary Poppins Returns. I think he's lying. I don't think he is. I think he's looking forward to those. Uh, have you guys seen when I was looking this, I didn't realize mm-hmm. this was coming out, a Holmes and Watson movie? Yes, with... with- um. John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. Yes. Oh God, I'm very much <laughs> scared. That, that would be on my bottom five. We should do that today. another time. Bottom <laughs> five movies coming out. Uh, and from Meow God, she wants yeah. the Mary Poppins movie with Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, check out Winter Ridge. Uh, you can follow them. On Twitter and that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we'll put links to that. And thanks uh, for Dom and Matt for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you, guys. Uh, next week is our roundtable episode. We're excited about it. So uh, listen in. And uh, bad idea of the week. Follow. We end this every week. Number 73, fuck the plan. That's what we're doing. Hey, we got a plan, Blake. What are you going to do it? What are you going to yeah. do Fuck the plan. Fuck the plan. <laughs> so is the plan the bad idea or fucking the plan the bad idea? Fucking the plan is the bad idea. Okay. <laughs> Let's you know we're an explicit podcast. Roger says goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. From walking dead to talking heads, from comic books to TV sets, there's a history of not so bad. There's the history. It's the history of bad. So bad. The history of bad. It's bad. The history of bad. Listening to Hobie. <laughs> Addendum. This is when 
we decide the title of the show because of Randall Holt. But Randall Holt has not emailed us many questions or tweeted us many questions. Better get those fucking questions in, Randall, for the end of the year. How dare you wear a Hobie shoulder out in public and not talk to us? Addendum. Okay, that was the crappiest addendum we've ever done. Yes. So, uh, titles. Yes. Uh, anything good? Forrest, well, I don't know good, but here's what I wrote. <laughs> Forrest Gump Wayne, because uh, he was running. Yeah. A flailing Bruce Wayne, because I just like Blake's motions with his hands. Uh, SJP walks into a bar. Uh, Oprah's big break. Uh, <laughs> roasting the bunny. Uh, stupid decisions in the apocalypse. Goes with our history. I came with uh, Flemmy tonight. No. No, I'm out. Flemmy <laughs> tonight. Uh, super wet Dagobah. Do you like super wet Dagobah? Super wet Dagobah. Like uh, chemical Swamp. Chemical Swamp. Uh, Jurassic Park of the Caribbean. <laughs> and Purple, a perplexing pigment. Do you like the Jurassic Park of the Caribbean? Blake is thinking. What do you got, Blake? Uh, that's all good. No, you pick one. How was that? No. I like Jurassic Park of the Caribbean. I liked it. I just because I picture a dinosaur with a pirate hat on. <laughs> <laughs> or a Super Wet Dagobah. Or Flemmy tonight. No, not Flemmy oh, tonight. disgusting. Flemmy. <laughs> I do like Super Wet Dagobah. <laughs> Can't you just see the people who... Uh, wow, what's this about? It's called Flemmy tonight. I must listen to it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I do like Super Wet Dagobah because I just feel like the water's rising. <laughs> I do think I like Jurassic Park of the Caribbean slightly better than Super Wet Dagobah. Two out of three. Or super Cumulus Cloud City. <laughs> I do like Super Cumulus. No, we're doing Pirates of the Caribbean, right? All right. Okay. Two out of three. Can't go wrong. Jurassic Park of the Caribbean. Yes. Yep.